When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. That's how you get it started, right? Yeah, Austin way. knows, right? Hey, but the, the problem is, this is my funeral song, man. What is this, the Beatles? Uh, yeah, the Beatles. Like I say, Earth, Wind, and Fire, good for your soul. A little soul food for you, right? I would say this is the defining bed of the Paul Zeiss show. Absolutely. That's how we do yeah, When I hear always. this song, I think about you, man. That's good. That's good. And you know what? When I'm gone, hopefully you'll, you'll still think about me when you hear this song. What is it that Ron Cook said about Starkey? Five minutes after he walks out the door, he'll never think about him again? Yeah. I love you, man. That's not how I'll feel when I hear this song after you've passed away, Paul. Although during the pre-show, it made it seem like you think that could be any moment now. <laughs> All right, so... Peter King has linked the Steelers to Russell Wilson when he was on with Cook and Joe a number of different times. Says he thinks Russell Wilson's going to wind up with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Adam Schefter was on with Pat McAfee yesterday, and he was asked about the Steelers quarterback situation. We know that Pittsburgh's going to go out and get some type of quarterback, whether that's Ryan Tannehill, uh, whether that's Russell Wilson, oh, whether that's Justin Fields. Oh. Justin Fields, I know Mike Tomlin's a big fan of Justin Fields. We'll keep that in mind during the offseason of the coming weeks. There'll be a decision that that organization has to make in terms of the quarterback that they want to bring in, uh, but they're not just going to leave it as Kenny Pickett, his starting job. Mike Tomlin made that very clear. So now it's which of these quarterbacks do they make a move for? Which one is somebody that they can go acquire and wh who fits into what they're willing to give up to a, either another team or to pay that player? Hmm. So... Adam Schefter says Mike Tomlin likes himself some Justin Fields. That's now the second big-time insider that has linked the Steelers to Russell Wilson. That kind of sounds more likely to me then, Paul. Russell Wilson, if he were to sign for a minimum kind of contract because of the financial situation with the Broncos, he had 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions yeah, last year. Yeah. He can still play a little bit, maybe even more than a little bit. He didn't get benched because he couldn't play. He got benched because they were trying to save some money. Would you do that if you're the Steelers? Would you kick the tires on Russell Wilson? You know, if you can get him for a good price, why not? I actually think if he came here in this system where they're going to, you know, focus on running the football, he's the kind of guy that could actually help you win a lot of games just because of his skill set. And, and I think even though he's not the same as he was, you know, five or six years ago, on that whole list, he's the best guy that I heard. I mean, I think Justin Fields is intriguing, but the thing about Justin Fields is, is he another guy that we're intrigued by who five years from now we're still going to be intrigued by? Right. 
you're trying to figure out, does he really have it or not? Right. Is is he good enough? Does he tantalize <clears throat> you moments here and there? Does he run the ball well? Yes, but is he going to be the passer you need him to be? Does he show you like Kenny Pickett that he could do it in key moments, but maybe not consistently? I hear what you're saying there. I, I just, I don't think I'd want to go the stopgap route. And that's what Russell Wilson would be here. And the cost would be better. You think about Justin Fields, you right. have to give up a second round pick. Some are suggesting maybe even a first-round pick, and then you'd have to make a decision on that fifth-year option in May, or you'd have to sign him to a contract to avoid giving him the fifth-year option in May, which Track says it would be about $23 bucks. But that that does it for me more than Russell Wilson. You know, Russell Wilson would be a guy that could come in here and give you better quarterback play than you've had the last couple of years. I think there's no doubt about that. But he's old, and so <laughs> how long can you get that out of him Whereas Justin Fields is younger than Kenny Pickett, and if you hit on him, now you've figured out your quarterback position for the next 10-ish years. That's why that would be the gamble I'd take, Paul. Well, again, I think it, it, it comes down for him, for me to cost. What is it going to cost to mm-hmm. get Justin Fields? And, 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 I, and, I, and I, actually, I don't hate the, the idea of Justin Fields, but my thoughts are, and maybe I'm thinking about this the wrong way, my thoughts are you've got Cam Hayward, for one more year, you got T.J. Watt for a couple more years, but you never know with a guy like him. He, you know, th- that body type, as hard as that guy plays, I know he keeps himself in shape, and we see he starts to get these little nagging injuries and things as such. To me, I'm trying to win next. You know, now the argument could be made, and I probably wouldn't hate the argument. They're not good enough yet to win a Super Bowl anyway. So maybe the Justin Fields route, man, it works. But if you look at the rest of the roster, you say to yourself, okay, if they get a center, they get maybe one more corner, one more receiver. Maybe a tackle. If they have a quarterback, I mean. Can you take your swings? If you've got a quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, because I think. You take your shot at it. Rudolph showed you that they're a quarterback away, I think. You know, I don't think it's a wonderful roster. I don't think it's as bad as that 10-7 and seven record would suggest, I really do think the the team is better than the quarterback position. Right. But- and here's the thing. I mean, if you think about it, they had three pretty good inside linebackers. Mm-hmm. People forget those guys were hurt. So you're probably going to be able to bring, you know, at least two of those guys back. And then if you have to wait on Cole Holcomb to get right. back up to speed – yeah, I don't mind that at all. If they came back with the same three, do you really think you're going to lose all three in one season again? Probably not. Right. That's unlikely to happen. You know, I, I do think you make a lot of sense here, Paul. If they wanted to this year, hey, you got Cam Hayward, it's the end. TJ Watt closer to the end here. Right. And you need to win right now. I agree. The guy that would give them the best chance to win right now is Russell Wilson. Right. But I'm looking at the totality of the thing. And I want a guy that can be my franchise quarterback. So I'd pay a second-round pick. I even said last week I'd give up a first-round pick for Justin Fields. That's a pretty penny to pay for a guy that hasn't figured it out at this level, but I am tantalized by his measurables. I'm tantalized by his talent. He is, I think, the second-best running quarterback in the NFL behind Lamar Jackson. I think Jalen Hurts belongs in that conversation. Josh Allen, they do it a little bit differently, but from a scrambling standpoint and a dynamic standpoint, he's the guy. Man, that... That pulls at me a little bit here. And I'm looking not just for this year. I'm looking beyond this year. And if he showed you this season he could be good, Justin Fields, 
and you do continue to build, not just this year, but year over year in the draft, maybe you could find something here. Yeah, so I, would I mean, the thing, about, the thing about uh, when you bring here's, – here's my only question. Mm-hmm. When you bring Justin Fields in, are you completely giving up on Kenny Pickett? Yes. Okay, so that's that, – because my thing is if you bring in Russell Wilson, you know, maybe you have another year where you can, you can develop Kenny Pickett, you know, and Russell Wilson gives you the year that you need. You take your shot at it, and then next year – uh, Kenny Pickett is really ready to go, or or he isn't, you know, either way. But if you're bringing in Justin Fields, you are saying without a doubt, without hesitation, that Kenny Pickett is no longer your guy. Because you're not going to bring in Justin Fields and not start him. You're See, not going to bring him in and not make him your guy. Well, I agree with that because there's a money aspect, too. You're either going to have to pick up that option right. or you're going to have to do something creatively where you're giving him kind of a bridge deal. I think if you bring in Russell Wilson and you make it a competition, A, I'm not sure he would want to sign up for that. B, the one knock against Russell Wilson has been that his teammates generally haven't liked him over yes, the years. The last, especially the last few years. Right. And so if Russell Wilson comes in and they do what they did to Rudolph and just say, hey, it's a competition, but it's not really a competition, and now Russell's your backup and Kenny's the starter, I'm not sure he plays good citizen. No, he wouldn't. He would be terrible. Yeah. So I don't want to. I don't want to bark up that tree. Now, if you bring in Justin Fields, you run the risk of Kenny Pickett not dealing well with that. But so what? So what? I I think it's about winning football games and finding your next great quarterback. Right. And I'm going to put up a Twitter poll right now, at underscore Adam Crowley. You can follow us. Who was the Twitter. other guy? Who was the other guy in that <laughs> that mix? It was Justin Fields. Tannehill, I think, got mentioned as well. Yeah. Yeah. Tannehill does it for me as a backup, but not as a not yeah, really the thing as a about Tannehill starter. to me is just sort of like a uh, yeah that uh, would he would be more the Mason Rudolph replacement than your starting quarterback replacement right. I think and Tannehill that would be would. okay uh, but to me if you're if you're looking at your roster and you're saying we've got some older players we've got young players but we've got some older guys let's try and take a shot at it I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> I, I would think about it. I, I absolutely would think about bringing in Russell Wilson. You know who marries the two a little bit would be if they if Baker Mayfield hit the open market and Tampa let him yeah. test the waters. Yeah, I'm telling he's you. he's the upside guy, and I think you could win with him this year. Now, can you contend in the AFC right away with Baker Mayfield? Maybe. I don't know, but yeah, maybe. 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 So he would be kind of the best of both worlds. And I can't believe I'm saying that about Baker because yeah. I was so out on him right. a few years ago. But he could be a long-term possible solution, and he would immediately upgrade the position right now. What if they said, we're going to bring in as our backup Joe Flacco? I mean, I, I don't hate it. I don't. I think I'd rather have... Tannehill? I'd rather have Tannehill because he knows the offense. Or Jacoby Brissett, who I think is a pretty good player. Yeah, he's not or a bad... Or Gerard Taylor, who's used to that role. It, yeah, but but here's the thing in Flacco, in Flacco you have a guy who if he gives you what he gave the Browns gives you a shot. Like if ta- if Kenny Pickett stinks, could you imagine how happy George Pickens would be to play with Flacco? I do from a com- comedic standpoint, Joe Flacco wearing number five for the Pittsburgh Steelers would be quite funny. I think yes. And if he succeeded, I think you twist the knife in Baltimore a little bit. Right, but my point with him is. He's a guy you're bringing in who's going to be your backup. Mm-hmm. 
I I still would rather have Tannehill because he knows the system. And he was okay, if not pretty good the last three games of the season. Okay. I think he's still got a little bit to give. I don't hate Joe Flacco. I'm just saying I'm just saying if you bring in a guy like Flacco, it's gonna be cheap. I think this is a place that backup quarterbacks yeah. would love to come right. to. Right. It's cheap. And you tell him, listen, we're gonna let you compete with Kenny Pickett. He's gonna start the he's gonna start the season as our guy, but if he's he been falters, hurt the last two right, years. He's been hurt. If he falters at all, we think we to me, you're you're really just bringing Flacco in. Because he's a guy that can win games for you if you need him to. So I think we're having two conversations at once at 412-928-9370. Who would you like to see brought in to push Kenny Pickett from a backup quarterback standpoint? And if they are going to go out and try to acquire a starter, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, who of those three would you like to see? 412-928-9370. Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. And you can vote on the Fan Morning Show Twitter poll brought to you by P.J. Fitzpatrick, Home Improvement, TrustPJ.com. We'll do the two. Adam Schefter's link to Steelers to Russell Wilson and Justin Fields. Who would you rather see behind center for the Steelers next year? Coming up next, we'll have your reaction to that. The Steelers did get rid of a backup quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. And one Steelers insider says that the Mitch Trubisky signing is one of the worst free agent deals in Steelers history. Is that a bridge too far? We'll talk about that coming up next as well. We got Austin Bechtol with the fan headline. Right now. Pitt basketball, big game against number 21, Virginia, 7 o'clock. Our coverage on the fan begins at 6.30. Duquesne on the road against number 16, Dayton. Steelers released quarterback Mitch Trubisky. Tackle Chooks for punter Presley Harvin the day after the Super Bowl yesterday as the offseason is officially underway. And the Pirates are reportedly front runners for former Yankee starter Domingo Herman as tomorrow pitchers and catchers report to Bradenton. Headlines, Power Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. And now, here's Crowley. Thanks, Beck D. They're fearless. They're reluctant. They're the man-boy band you always wanted. The Dung Kings. You saw them in the big game on that commercial. These guys are almost pop music with a sound fueled by the Dung Kings iced coffee. What is that? Well, I'll tell you. Iced coffee with a French vanilla swirl, vanilla shot, sweet cold foam, and cinnamon sugar topping. Order the whole Dung Kings menu on the app. For the Dunkin's Iced Coffee or pop into a local Dunkin' and don't forget to add the Munch King skewer. America runs on Dunkin'. So Adam Schefter says Mike Tomlin is always like Justin Fields. And then he also linked the Steelers once again, because Peter King has done this too, to Russell Wilson. I am interested to see this, Paul, because if if Justin Fields were to be traded for, if the Steelers did bring him in, it does it does kind of tell you where the balance of power still remains, right? Like if Justin yeah, Fields is absolutely. the Steelers quarterback, Mike Tomlin had a lot to say about that. And I was kind of hoping it would go the other direction. But everything you've heard this offseason, now Art Rooney the second, any of his different media availabilities, has talked about Arthur Smith coming in and how he had to have a good relationship with Tomlin, how Tomlin had to sign off on it. Now he made it seem like Tomlin fired Matt Canada, even though I think we all believe he didn't fire Matt Canada. That was Art Rooney II. If Justin Fields is in here, that means Mike Tomlin's still swinging that thing around, man. And in this one very instance, I wouldn't mind that. You know, right. Overall, I, I think he, I don't think any one man in an organization should hold that much right. power. We saw it with Belichick. And Belichick's Belichick, for God's sake. Right. But if it, if it meant Justin Fields came up in here, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. And I think the thing about it is it, it, it shows you 100% that they is very unstealer like they're willing to admit a mistake 
that they made a mistake drafting Kenny Pickett sure. with the first pick. Yeah. That 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 would tell you that that's completely not how the Steelers usually do things. Well, that would actually be urgency. That's the word yes. that Art Rooney the right. second has used. That urgency. would be that would be going out and trying to change the course and change the direction of okay, we drafted this guy in the first round. We don't think he's our guy. As opposed to what we heard at the end of the season, which is, he's our guy. Mm-hmm. We're going to figure out this next year if he's our guy. Which, again, I don't actually hate the idea of Kenny Pickett being the starter. I don't hate the I mean, I know you, you're, you're not quite as willing to look at it and say, I really believe if he has a whole offseason with Arthur Smith, if they fix the offensive line, if the offense makes more sense, they're able to run the ball the way they want to run the ball. I actually think he can be a guy you can win with. Mm-hmm. Now, is he a guy that you can, you know, win big with? I don't know. But I just watched Brock's, Brock Purdy almost win a Super Bowl. And for whatever you want to say about, well, he's not good enough. That's why the 49ers lost. I, I will remind you that in, uh, in, in the fourth quarter and in overtime, when Brock Purdy walked off the field, they were winning the game. Yeah, actually, I want to talk to Brad Spielberger, who's going to join us at 8 o'clock today. Mm-hmm. He's from Pro Football Focus. PFF graded Brock Purdy higher than they graded Patrick Mahomes in that game. Right. Well, I mean, my point, do you understand what my yeah. point is? I keep hearing people say, well, I don't think Brock Purdy, he's not good enough to win the Super Bowl. I mean, the 49ers, he's not good enough to win the Super Bowl. And I'm like, he walked off the field in overtime with the lead. So whatever you want to say, you know what I mean? If the defense gets a stop, they get a tip pass, an interception, a sack, something whatever. Fluky, something right? happens if they get a stop. Another toss play where the ball gets fumbled? In the fourth quarter, if if the field goal kicker for the Chiefs misses the field goal yep. at the end of the game. Which... So he, he put them in position to win the game. And I'm not saying this isn't even about Brock Purdy, but my right. point is people say, well, I don't think Kenny Pickett's good enough to win the Super Bowl. And I'm like, well – I just watched a guy who was the seventh, or who was the last pick of the seventh round, who I think everybody would agree probably doesn't have all of the physical skills and tolls. Although I think he's a pretty good quarterback, he's got a good head on his shoulders and sees the field well and all that other stuff. But my point is, they just proved you can basically win a Super Bowl by having a dynamic running game, right? And you you you're able to play good defense and have a good running game. And, and you have a quarterback who can make enough of the throws. So, I don't hate the idea of Kenny Pickett. But my thing is, if you're going to do, if you're going to do uh, a thing where you're going to make a move, go get a guy like Justin Fields. That tells me that you as the Steelers are admitting you made a mistake. Yeah, which I think is the mark of a strong organization. The 49ers did that. You know, they gave up heaven and earth to get Trey Lance. And they said, you know what? It ain't going to work. See you later. I mean, they gave up a ton right. to get that guy. And what happened? Then you get Brock Purdy and you go and you, <laughs> you come within moments of winning the Super Bowl. You can admit mistakes on guys. And if they traded for Justin Fields, they would be admitting that mistake. The reason I'll disagree on the Kenny thing is everything you said about him fitting into an offense, a run-based offense, play action, you beef up your offensive line, you get more weapons. I want to see all that. With the upside of a Justin Fields. Because both guys, hey, let's make no mistake about this either. Both guys need to prove themselves. Like, Justin Fields ain't right. no finished product. But what I said before Kenny Pickett got drafted is, this is a conference filled with freak quarterbacks. 
Justin Fields has some freakish traits. His athleticism is off the charts. I think in order to be a guy that could maybe go into Buffalo, or a team, excuse me, that could go into Buffalo, or, or go into Kansas City, or go into Baltimore, and win a playoff game, that play action, run the ball stuff, that's all well and good. That'll help you. But I think you need to be able to make plays off-platform and off-schedule. And I know Kenny did that in college. I don't know that he can do that routinely in the NFL. Well, and the thing about Justin Fields, too, is can you imagine the Steelers' run game if you also have to account for Justin right. Fields? Right. That, so, that, I mean, so that's like thing. sugar plums dancing right. in my head. Here, here's the thing when I say that. I, I, I understand the upside. Like, your argument and my argument are a little different. Mm-hmm. Yours is upside, because I think the upside of Justin Fields is way higher than Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm I'm looking at it from the standpoint of if you're not going to make a move like that to go get a Justin Fields, if you're content to do the Tannehill or the Flacco or whatever, go get you know uh, Jacoby Brissett, go get a backup quarterback that has proven he can win games. So if Kenny doesn't get it done. You can at least finish out the season and have a chance to still get the playoffs because you got a guy that can at least win. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at it from that standpoint. Like, that's probably more likely. Yeah, there's pie in the sky. There's there's the ideal right. offseason in terms of quarterback here's procurement, a, and then there's the realistic yeah, option. Here's, yeah. here's a name that nobody is, is bringing up anymore that was prominently brought up early on, Kirk Cousins. What happened to that? That scares me because – a guy at his age, at the price that you're going to have to pay, like what if he's nowhere near the same player? If I knew he was going to give you what he gave to the Minnesota Vikings the last few years, mm-hmm. I'd be willing to do that. But at his age, with that injury, I can't make that bet. Now, you're making a bet on Justin Fields, if you're getting him, that you can turn him into what he always could be. You'd be making a bet on Baker Mayfield that he can continue to advance. But at that age, again, how long, even if he is healthy, can Kirk Cousins give you that here's kind the of other production? Thing, here's the other thing I hate about Kirk Cousins. For as long as he's been in the league, in the numbers that he puts up, he has one playoff win. You watched that quarterback show. We talked about it yesterday. Yeah. He is a classic, and I'm this kind of guy too, so I understand it, classic overthinker of everything. Yes, absolutely. And you can see, you when watching that show, you could see why he came up small in big moments. Absolutely. I, right? and, and that was that, listen. That was my one of my observations. Well, I had three observations about that show. One, Mahomes isn't as nearly as nice of a guy as you think he is. He's kind of a jerk. Two, Kirk Cousins might be the best guy in the league in terms of being a guy. Yeah, but he's so I mean, he's got all these mental coaches and this and that. There's no way he has any chance of ever being the guy. Right, because he overthinks everything and he's so like cerebral and mentally in his own head that with your quarterback, man, you just got to be out there and just kind of let it rip. Well, even great point because with him picking up a new offense, I could see him being out there and it's total paralysis by analysis. Absolutely. Just having watched that show. And and, and the third thing is that that I sort of gathered is that, um, what's his name? Does, uh, who was the third? Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota, yeah. He quit on his team. Took his ball and went home. That was another guy that seemed like a nice, swell man that I wouldn't mind having a couple of beverages with. But yeah. if he was ever in my quarterback room, I don't no, know if I'd be happy I, I, about I, that. After watching that, I said, this guy quit on his team. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he quit on his team. 
There's no other way to say that. I can buy that. Yeah. And, and, and he, you know, he took his ball and went home because he didn't get what he wanted. If I'm an NFL team, why do I want that guy on my team? Agreed. Why would you want Mitch Trubisky on your team? Well, the Steelers don't. Well, well here's a, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Hang on, wait. But Mitch Trubisky didn't quit on his team. No. He wasn't very good. Correct. Yeah. And now he is no longer a Pittsburgh Steeler. He's 29 years old. Uh, the Steelers, it's not surprising any of the three guys they cut yesterday. It is a little bit surprising how quickly they did it because that's not generally how they operate. One Steelers insider said the Mitch Trubisky signing is one of the worst free agent acquisitions in team history. We'll get to that coming up next. Right now, it's an Austin Bechtold fan headline. Penguins host the Florida Panthers tomorrow at PPG Paints Arena at 7.30. Overall for the Pens, seventh place in the Metropolitan Division, 23-19-7 overall. That puts the Penguins at 53 points, trailing Philadelphia by 11 in the Metropolitan Division for third place. Also out of a wild card spot by seven points as well. Headlines are proud of Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefam.com. Doran out sick today. Zeissen with us all week long. The fan text line is brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And the fan morning show is brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. The Steelers and Mitch Trubisky agreed to mutually part ways. Hmm. Wonder why that happened. Mark Caballi, our friend, he was in with us yesterday, preeminent Steelers insider, called it one of the worst free agent signings in team history, Paul. Which I hadn't thought about it from that standpoint, but think about this. If they had just gone with Mason Rudolph last year, maybe they make the playoffs. This season, Mitch Trubisky was terrible. So really, in each of his two seasons, he was bad. Yeah. And you put off Kenny Pickett getting his opportunity, and you buried... Maybe the best of the three on the depth chart behind that guy. Yeah, it was terrible. And not only that, it makes me question if they have any idea what they're doing at quarterback. Thinking he would be a legitimate option. Drafting Kenny 20th overall. Burying uh, burying Mason Rudolph. All those things to me looking pretty bad right now. I don't know that they have any idea what they're doing, Paul. <laughs> well, again, the thing about Mitch Trubisky that's, uh, that uh, is alarming to me. Is the reason they signed him, or at least one of the reasons they signed him, was because somehow, some way, they were convinced that one year of playing behind Josh Allen and watching Josh Allen and having, uh, what's my man from the Giants? Um, Dable. Dable. Brian Dable as his offensive coordinator eliminated everything about his entire career. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, I kept asking the question on these very airwaves. Am I missing something? Well, I can't kill them too much for it. I mean, hindsight being 2020 was awful. You know what I'm wearing right now? This is a Steelers t-shirt on the back, Mitch Trubisky's name. Uh, I thought, I yeah. think a lot of people thought that, but my, my, my only point was why? Like, I thought that he would come in and be a functional player for them, but... What he did in Chicago for five or six years was prove that he's that guy who might give you a 350-yard uh, game with three touchdowns. He might give you a game with 180 yards and five interceptions. I mean, he's just that guy. So I was never – I never understood how, okay, the year that he didn't play, 
and he was behind Josh Allen, who is a completely, well, not completely, but kind of a different quarterback than he is. I mean, let's face it, Josh Allen's a freak. He's different than anybody, yeah. He's a freak of nature. Okay, they both are pretty good athletes and run, I guess, if you want to tell me that. But for the most part, you're watching a guy in Josh Allen who is just sort of different. I just never thought, well, yeah, that, that's going to translate because Brian DeBole or whatever his name is, that's really going to translate into him being a great player. Yeah, it'd be like saying, oh, you sat behind Michael Vick for a year. Yes. So you're going to be this athletic freak. Doesn't yes. work that way. Yes. You know, he did. So he had a body work in Chicago where they went to the playoffs two times in four years, fueled mostly by the defense. I think that's what they thought they could get out of him. Good enough to just tread water, or let the defense win games. And that's what I saw in him as a potential stopgap. I thought he would be a four-year stopgap. I didn't really think they would draft a quarterback in what was considered not a great quarterback draft class. They're going to save some money here now with Mitch Trubisky getting cut. Uh, overall, with these three guys that they cut yesterday, they're going to save $12.8 million, which is a nice chunk of change on three guys that we knew weren't going to be back next year. Do you buy into what Caboli said, though, that this is one of the worst free agent signings Absolutely. in team history? It has to be. I'm not sure. I'm not even sure there's an argument that to be made that it wouldn't be. He's at least on the podium. He's, he's on the list. I mean, we both pulled up that list, right? I and we both off air, the guy that came immediately to mind was Ladarius Green. Oh, uh, Ladarius Green, that's the worst. Who had concussion issues in but San Diego. The wor- yeah, that was the worst part about it. He had injury issues. There were so many red flags about his health and mm-hmm. his concussions and stuff when they signed him. I mean, I don't. Did they get? Did they even get like two or three games out of him? I don't remember him playing that. I remember him being hurt the whole time. Yep. When they signed him, it was questionable at best, and it's not like he didn't have talent. Of course, he had talent, but the injury concerns. You shouldn't have touched that guy with a ten foot pole. He played six games for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> six. There you and, have. and it was a sizable chunk of change that they paid out to that guy. Yeah, I, I do think Trubisky has to belong on the list. If he plays better at the start of last season, or if they don't sign him in the first place and you go with Rudolph, or you don't sign him in the first place and you go with Kenny, I think they make the playoffs. Not this year, but the year before. And this season, they were clinging onto the outskirts of the playoff <laughs> race because that guy sucked you know, so bad. You know the scariest part about that, Adam? Is they were probably... Uh, the Steelers were probably... Two inches of uh, Deontay. His foot. His foot being, Deontay Johnson's foot being in the end zone in that Jets game. If he's not on the line there and they score a touchdown there, Trubisky definitely finishes the game. Because if you remember, right, instead of kicking a field goal, if they score a touchdown there, he definitely finishes the game. And then who knows, that thing might have gone on another game or two. Mm -hmm. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Because Kenny Pickett's first start was on the road against Buffalo, for God's sakes. It, it, they did not want to do that. They, they just thought that they had to do that. Right. Because once you make that switch, it's really tough to go back. Right. All right, coming up next, the ratings figures are out for Super Bowl 58. The numbers aren't surprising, but the question is why. We'll get to that before we hear from Jeff Hathorne at the top of the hour. Right now, an Austin Bechtold fan headline. Pitt basketball, big ACC game tonight. You can hear it right here on 93.7 The Fan beginning at 7 o'clock. That's the tip-off against number 21, Virginia. Panthers are 6-6 six and six in ACC play. The Cavaliers 21th 
20, ranked 21st rather in the country. Our coverage begins at 6.30 with Panthers pregame. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. And now, here's Paul Zeiss. Hey, it's Paul Zeiss, guys. De- are you dealing with ED? It can be miserable. You know it. She knows it, too. New Flow Men's Health is the area's leader in treating erectile dysfunction with long posit- long-term positive results. Don't be taken advantage of by clinics peddling testosterone pills or other crap. No pills, no injections, no games. Take control of your confidence back by uh, contacting New Flow Men's Health at 412-784-9000. That's 412-784-9000. Visit us at New Flow Men's Health. Com. That's spelled out, N-U-F-L-O, menshealth.com. 50-minute mark on the fan, brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Route 19, and Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Jeff Hathorne going to join us at the top of the hour, and he forwarded me an email this morning. The Super Bowl 58 TV ratings, Paul, I don't know, have you seen these yet? Yes. So, Super Bowl 58, the most watched program ever averaging 123.4 million viewers across all platforms. That is up 7% versus last year's Super Bowl. More than 200 million viewers watched all or part of the Super Bowl across all networks. The highest unduplicated total in history, up 10% versus last year's Super Bowl, which was 183.6 million. This isn't all Taylor Swift. But does that did that move the needle enough to juice these numbers? I'm sure it did. I think, I mean, it, but, but it's got to have a huge part but in I it. Think, but I think one of the things we've seen about the Super Bowl and the NFL in general is there's now a million ways you can watch the game. Right. And that's changed the, that's changed the game. Yes, yeah, sure. Still, a lot of those people are on, um, you know, just watching it on TV, but with all the other platforms we have. Nickelodeon. Honestly, honestly I expect next year's numbers will be similar, maybe even better. They're just going to keep getting because we continue to find ways to get to make it easier for viewers to watch all of these things. Now, there is a Taylor Swift effect. I'm sure there is. I don't think it's 10 percent. You also had a super (laughs) team in the 49ers that have a great national fan base and a history behind them against the next one, Patrick Mahomes. So the storylines were great, too. And I think because of the teams being as good as they are, we've seen some not so great Super Bowl matchups. This had the anticipation of being a great one, not to mention it does go to overtime and there was a good finish of the game and it was always close. So all those things help. I I do agree with you. We're probably going to see growth year over year. That, I mean, just because of the way that we do and consume these kind of things. You know, like, like we always talk about in the 80s, there was three channels basically you could watch sports on. Then Steny ESPN became a thing, mm-hmm. right? Then we had four channels, and then all of a sudden we had ESPN 2, 3, 5, 7, U, The Ocho, right? yeah. Then all of a sudden Fox 1, you know what I mean? And it, and it became a thing where it used to be like a novelty to watch sports on TV. Then it became, well, you could watch it, literally watch sporting events 24-7 almost, right? My sister and my wife's sister are getting married in the fall. College football Saturdays. If you don't think I'll be watching college football on my phone at the reception – you're out of your mind. Right. You can watch it any you can watch it in church. Yes. And now, that, some of you might not want to. I would. You can watch I, I last night. Sad as it was for me, I watched West Virginia TCU on my phone as my wife watched the show. You can watch it wherever you are in the world basically. That's, that's amazing. That's the beauty of it. Here's like, here's a question I have for you though, Paul. So 200 million people watch it in this country, right? Then how many people live in the United States? 350, 330. 330. 
I don't I don't know the people who don't watch the Super Bowl. I don't know that I've met somebody who goes, oh, no, I, will, I don't watch the well, Super Bowl. It's funny, Where are these people? It's funny you mentioned Where are they yeah, out there? It's funny you mention that because when the Steelers were in the Super Bowl, yeah. every time they've been in the Super Bowl, at least since I've been in the media, which they've been there, what, three times, two times, and the, 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 the one where they lost to uh, the Cowboys in, like, 95. 30, yeah. I was pseudo-media. I was, like, you know, starting out. I can tell you this, every time one of the TV stations and the Post-Gazette would invariably do a story where they would like go to a supermarket or they go to different places to find people who say they're not going to watch the game. They would do a story. Mm-hmm. And it was always, you know, there, you know, there's always the I don't like football or I don't care, you know, uh, the, the, the invariable. Yeah, but it's still the Super Bowl. Right, and and then you got the people that said, "Well, you know, I'll just read a good book," or you know, it's still the Super Bowl, right? But there was always the I I always remember that there was always a couple of the TV stations, and and I know we at the Post Gazette, we there was always that story. Let's go find somebody who isn't going to watch the Super Bowl or is you know shopping, and you know one guy was like, "Well, it's funny, uh, I usually don't, you know, I usually uh." On Super Bowl Sunday, I go grocery shopping because there's nobody in the supermarket, and yeah. I do this, and I do that, and blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking to myself, you know, even if you're not a football fan, aren't you at least aren't you at least curious yes, as right. to what everybody is going to be talking about? And I would open it up to calls and say, did you watch the Super Bowl? But people who are listening to us obviously would have watched the right, Super Bowl. Right. I, I don't... You're right. Invariably, these stories come out. I just, I don't know those people in my life, I don't Paul. either. And I don't know a single one of them. And the, and the flip side, and the other part of it is, it's so much more than just the game. Right. Halftime, commercials, everything. It's a cultural experience, for God's sakes. I sounded like Starkey there. All right, coming up next, the Steelers made a trifecta of cuts yesterday, but the timing, if anything, is a little odd. 93.7, the fans, Jeff, Jeff Hathorne joins us to get into that and more coming up next fan weather brought to you by sun chevrolet check out special financing for qualified buyers on new silverado 1500 trucks when the whole family comes together to watch the game nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store with instacart you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour less time shopping means more game time let's go Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Fan Hotlines presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Jeff Hathorne, our sports director, joining us here on the fan hotline good morning jeff how you doing buddy good morning adam how are you couldn't be better my friend really couldn't things are great and it's only because the steelers got rid of those three bums yesterday that's not nice that's not fair i don't think anybody jeff surprised that the steelers cut those three guys the timing does seem a bit odd they don't usually get involved this early do they no but i think this clears the way i think actually you know, you do Trubisky a solid. You do all three a solid to give them a little time to explore free agency. But, I mean, to your point, I mean, you knew Chukes, when you could save $8.7 million, he wasn't worth that to you. Uh, Trubisky, same. I mean, it's only three this year, but it's six the following year, and he, he really didn't fit. And then, man, Harvin. Harvin, you only save a million bucks. But I, I'm glad they finally, you know, ripped the cord there. I mean, he just... He just wasn't good enough. I mean, you, you think about some games, and if you would have had a punter that could have pinned a team down, and he just never seemed to do it, uh, or if he did it, it wasn't at a moment where it really mattered. Well, when you are a team that tries to win the way that the Steelers have been trying to win, punter's really important. Yeah. And they had and Brad I, Wing at the end of the season before the playoff game, and yet they still went with Presley Harvin in that game. But I thought there's no one else in the world that could hold. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, quickly here on Mitch Trubisky, uh, before we move on to some other things, Jeff, Mark Caboli, our colleague, he said it's one of the worst free agent signings in Steelers history. Do you agree with that? Uh, it is. It is up there. Um, I mean, the guy did start seven games, so it's not like he never played after signing as a free agent. But yeah, I mean, it's up there. It, it, it's interesting because, you know, you, you sign him, he, he's going to come in, it's going to be his chance, and then a month later you draft a quarterback in the first round. So it it was just odd, you know, after the first month, it just, you know, everybody got excited, okay, maybe this guy could find himself, and then he found himself in competition. It was just, uh, yeah, it was bad all around. Jeff, do you think Mitch Trubisky's done as an NFL player, or do you think someone else will give him another shot? Well, two years ago, he was anointed the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is a pretty good job. I think now he's going to find himself battling to be a backup somewhere. I think he'll get a chance. I think he can sit down in an interview and say, hey, did you see that offense? I mean, it's not all me. Uh, and, you know, he's still got a strong arm. He's still got some athletic ability. I think somebody will give him a chance just not as a starter. Now he's just fighting to hang into the, hang on to his NFL career. Um, trying to win a backup job somewhere. So the Chooks Okorafor experiment is now over, and he was benched 
midway through the year for Broderick Jones. Do you think the plan is to get a, another starting tackle and move Dan Moore Jr. to your swing tackle position, or do you think that they believe in Dan Moore Jr. as a tackle for them? Well, Moore, along with Daniels and Cole, their contracts are up after this season. So you're going to need to make a decision there right now, even if Moore is still on the roster for this year. I think ideally they add another tackle. It's just a matter of where. You know, if you go fishing for a tackle with the 20th pick, often you could find someone that isn't exactly what you're hoping for. So uh, we'll kind of see how the draft board falls. I think there's a potential they could take a tackle um, or they could hang on to Dan and then, you know, get a tackle the next year. They'll get somebody to add some depth. Man, I mean, starting really good starting tackles cost a hell of a lot of money, and they, they don't have that kind of cap room. Well, I think the, the, the big thing with that is um, assume I assume Broderick Jones is going to be your left tackle. So I, can Dan Moore play the right side? And if he can't, does he become the swing tackle? And then you have to go get a tackle. Right. I, I think there's probably more of a possibility. Um, although, although I'll give Dan this, I mean, you know, he worked – I guess he worked really – well, no, I don't guess. He did work really hard in the offseason to try to improve, and, and, you know, he ended up holding on to that left tackle spot. If you give him a whole offseason, you know, maybe he can improve. He didn't show it in anything that we saw in practice on the right side, but, um, yeah, I agree with you, Paul. I, I think he's going to – Broderick Jones will be the left tackle. It's just a matter of can Dan hand the right handle the right side – and. Who knows? Maybe he'll be a little better on that side than he was on the left. I mean, that's not a high bar to climb. Jeff Hathorne with us here on the Fan Morning Show, which is brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. So Adam Schefter was on yesterday with Pat McAfee and said that Mike Tomlin loves Justin Fields. Then he brought up Russell Wilson. Peter King, we know, has brought up Russell Wilson a couple of times when he was on with Cook and Joe. Do you think either of those guys are realistic, or could you put a percentage on one of those two guys being in here, Jeff. I think Schefter gets his news from the Starkey show. I think, <laughs> I think that's what it is. The Joe yeah, show. We better get that yeah, right. Yeah, every week, I mean, he says Russell Wilson. Um, I, you know, does it make sense? Could you Can you connect the dots, especially with the fact that he'll be cheaper? Sure. I do remember, you know, him bringing up Justin Fields pre-draft and not in the, the standpoint that they were going to draft Fields, but that they liked Fields. Um, and he is the type of quarterback that Tomlin's been talking about for a couple of years. Guy that has escapability, has athleticism. So, yeah, I mean, it's just what's the price going to be? You know, I saw a mock draft yesterday. I think it was NFL.com where it had the Patriots trading their number one overall pick, the third pick in the draft for Justin Fields. Obviously, the Steelers aren't going to come up with enough compensation to be able to make a deal like that. And if there's that type of competition for them uh, they've got no chance if it ends up being a third round pick or a combination of picks and you know with the highest being a third round yeah i think that's an option jeff what do you got going on the website right now man well you know we're going in, in a whole different directions right now along with the nfl stuff that you mentioned we also have penguins news how they're trying to work on their battle areas and and finish off plays that they couldn't finish off this weekend uh, plus, the Pirates are starting. They have a new catcher, but their catching situation is, is pretty bleak. <laughs> you can read about that at 937thefan.com. Jeff, you're the man. Thanks for spending time with us today. Thanks, guys. See you. All right, buddy. We'll that is you. Jeff Hathorn, our sports director.
Can I just say something? Of course you can. Real quick. How is it possible that you've got four Hall of Famers, maybe? Four? Is that fair? Maybe Latang's not, but he's probably close. Carlson is probably one. Then obviously the other two. You've got four Hall of Famers on your team, and you're still trying to figure out how to score. It's why I've thought long and hard about my previous <laughs> position, Paul, where I said Sidney Crosby, if he gets this team to the playoffs, should be at least a finalist for the MVP, the Hart Trophy. The power play is so bad. He's your best player. He clearly still has it. Now that I've rethought it, I actually think that should disqualify him from any Hart <laughs> Trophy consideration. Although, if they do make the playoffs, it'll be in large part because they've turned that power play around. We'll talk more about that with Tyler Kennedy coming up at about 845. Coming up next, the Pirates and the Steelers could soon be in the same boat. We'll explain what that means when we come back. Right now, it's an Austin Bechtold fan headline. During the Super Bowl, the Pirates signed free agent catcher Yasmani Grandal to a one-year contract work up to... $2.5 million, also with incentives. The Pirates report to spring training in Bradenton tomorrow. Pitchers and catchers report for the 2024 season. Pit basketball tonight against Virginia. Catch it right here on the fan. Tip off at 7. Our coverage begins at 6.30. Headlines are proud by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. And now, here's Crowley. Thanks, Austin. They are fearless. They're reluctant. They're the man-boy band you always maybe wanted. The Dunkings. These guys are almost pop music with a sound fueled by the Dunkin's iced coffee. What is that? I'll tell you. Iced coffee with a French vanilla swirl, vanilla shot, sweet cold foam, and cinnamon sugar topping. Order the whole Dunkin's menu on the app for the Dunkin's iced coffee or pop into a local Dunkin' and don't forget to add the Munch King skewer. America runs on Dunkin'. Let's talk about how Noah Gabriel and Company Drillers wants to do right by you. Their passion is to create the perfect engagement ring that you will absolutely love. They want every aspect of your proposal to be perfect, especially her engagement ring. That's why they're the only jewelry store in Pittsburgh to guarantee that your fiancé will love her engagement ring. If her ring isn't exactly what she wants, they create her brand new engagement ring that earns her perfect ring approval. With locations in Wexford and Ross Park Mall, visit the only jeweler I would trust to create the perfect engagement ring. Noah Gabriel and Company Jewelers, the best in the burg. Get after us on Twitter, brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township, or visit them online at southhillskia.net. And you can always text us, 412-928-9370, brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. So the Pirates have been linked to Domingo Herman, formerly of the New York Yankees, who had to go on the alcohol program because he got in the face of Aaron Boone on a drunken tirade. He was also accused and suspended by Major League Baseball of a domestic issue after a team event. The Pirates are not interested in Trevor Bauer, according to Trevor Bauer himself. There's a there's a line here to be drawn with the Steelers too, Paul. So we'll talk about the Pirates thing, but also with the Steelers. You brought this up off the air. I think it's a really good point. The Pirates cut yesterday Presley Harvin the third. Excuse me. The Steelers cut Yes, the yeah. Steelers cut him. He was a seventh-round draft pick. So was Brock Purdy, by the way. So was Brett Kiesel. It drives me crazy. Do not ever draft a freaking punter again. But there is an option out there for them at punter, and an option for everyone at punter. A guy that I think would enter the league and maybe be the best punter in football, he goes by the punt god. That is his nickname, Matt Ariza, from San Diego State. He was accused of something. He's been exonerated. Still get no looks in the league. 
Why wouldn't you go after this guy? His name has been cleared, and he can punt the ball like 80 yards in the air, man. Yeah, the guy is a freak. Have you ever watched any of his like YouTube videos or his videos of him punting the football? Yes. He was the best player on that San Diego State team coached by Brady Hoke, by right. the way. And that's why the, uh, that's why the Bills used the sixth-round pick on him. Yep. They felt like, and again, to your point that you asked Jeff Hathorne, because the Bills, even though they've got Josh Allen and everything, he's a running quarterback. They like to try and, you know, play that kind of field position game and play defense. It's important to have a great punter. And if you could bring this guy in, that's why they drafted him. You know? And then, of course, all that stuff happened, and he was exonerated. Right. That's that's what I he's think. He's a free agent. Yes. He was exonerated. It's unforgivable when stuff like that happens and you don't get an opportunity. Right. I mean, there are guys. Mike Vick went to prison, and he got another opportunity. Right. Look at Tyree Kill. Joe Mixon. Right. These are not good Deshaun guys. Deshaun Watson. I mean, there, there's a list of guys. Kareem Hunt, who got another opportunity. Yes, exactly. Ray Rice got honored by the Baltimore Ravens. If Ray Rice can get honored, you can bring in a punter who's been exonerated. Right. And that's why, if how I'm about, the Pirates. How about, how about Ray Lewis? Right. Right. Who then went on to have a career, not a great career, a career in television. Ray Lewis. Right. And, you know, forget the murderer stuff, but obstruction of justice, that happened. That happened. Uh, that, that's the whole point. Right. And so when I'm the Pirates now. Domingo Herman doesn't interest me as much as Trevor Bauer because he's done. I, I don't so much sometimes care about morality. Look at who was the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers for two decades. The unforgivable thing is he had a perfect game last year, and apart from that, stunk. But when you're flipping over tables in the clubhouse and confronting the manager in a drunken tirade, I don't need that around. But Trevor Bauer, who has unbelievable upside right. as a one or a two, that guy was exonerated. And he said on a recent podcast, he would go someplace for the league minimum. I mean. You're the Pirates. He's still only 33 years old. It's not, I mean, they signed 45-year-old Rich Hill or whatever he was last year. Right. And if he sucks, Paul, guess what you do? Cut him. Yes. You probably don't have to pay him that much money. You can have an incentive-laden contract that'll be well worth it if he does some of those things that you would lay out in the contract. I don't know why you would kick the tires. They're a reported favorite. For Domingo Herman, but they're totally out on Trevor Bauer. Right. Explain that to me. And you just signed a role as Chapman. Yes. Like, you've already <laughs> sacrificed your morality. But it's not even about morality. It's to me, the guy was exonerated. Well, that has to mean something. You know what? The who, who's the second baseman that they got from Korea whose name is now escaping me? You're talking about uh Jiwon Bae? Jung Ho Gong. Jiwon Bae. Well, uh, yeah, Gung was another one. Gong, yep. yes. But you got Jiwon Bae who's been accused of things. Absolutely. So, if you're going to, quote-unquote, sell your soul for guys who, can you prove it, can you not prove it, is it a court of public opinion, whatever, why wouldn't you go after a guy who it, could help you who has been exonerated? Here's the thing. he could, If you got him, he'd have the press conference, the first press conference, he'd answer all the questions, you get it out of the way, and you know what? If he's 10-2, and two, you know, and With a shoving, 3-4 ERA. And, and shoving... By, you know, mid-July, nobody is going to talk about all that other stuff. And you know what, Paul? We looked at the the Zips predictions yesterday, and how much stock you put into that, I don't know. But the winner of the division is projected to win 83 games. The Pirates are projected to win 75 games. 
I think they're a starter away from really making it interesting in this division and in the wild card race. When it's never, frankly, been easier to make the playoffs in Major League Baseball, why would you not take a flyer on Trevor Bauer? It just it does not make sense to me it, it, at all. It, it absolutely doesn't make sense because I, I, I feel like if you bring him in, now all of a sudden you've got one more competent starter, which I'm looking at their starting rotation – it's not good enough. I think they have three major league guys right now. And Mitch Keller, if he's the first half of the year guy, you got a bona fide stud. If he's the second half of the year guy, mm, there's question marks. He's but- probably closer to the second half, which means you've got a, probably a reasonably good number three in him. So if you've got those three, him plus the two guys they acquired this offseason, okay. and you add in Bauer, you have four major right. leaguers. Your front two guys are Keller and Bauer. The other guys eat innings. And... Then at some point you're going to have skeins up here. Yes, eventually you're going to have skeins. With a lights-out bullpen, you've got a chance. And and the thing about it is, you know, Quinn Priester's not going to – come on. I mean – He doesn't have it. Uh, but they're going to give him another two or three chances to, to show that he does. I, I'm okay with that with, like, Ortiz and with Ronzi Contreras. Right, but this has to be the year where you're trying to win. Yes. If you want to tell me that you're coming into the season – with Contreras in your starting rotation, I'm okay with that because there is upside there. Mm-hmm. He's proven he can be a good pitcher. If he's got a good spring training and it looks like they fixed some of the issues, I have no problem with that. But if we're going to start throwing guys in there just because, well, this guy, we're going to kick the tires on this guy. or this, To me, this is year five. Yep. Not year three, not year two. This is no longer, well, we've got prospects that we're, we're going to watch, we're going to do this. It's got to be the year where they win. And the thing about it is, as we've pointed out, the Cardinals aren't great. The Brewers aren't great. The Cubs aren't great. The Reds stink. So you basically probably only have to win 86, 87 games to win the division. And you're banking on guys that you already had last year taking that step. Okay, fine. But you also need to augment that. And the thing about it is, if you win a division – you get out of the wild card game. Exactly. Now you can, you know, now all of a sudden you can try and win a series. Instead of that three-game nonsense. Of, instead of one game, you know what I mean? You have a, you have an opportunity to try and win a series as, a, as the division winner, and it only takes like 86, 87 wins. Right. They had, what, 75 last year? Well, what, they're, so they're— What did they have last year, 74? 76. 76, right? 76. 76 wins. You're talking about a, a 9 or 10 win improvement. Right. I, I mean, they've got a shot if they were to bring in a guy like Trevor Bauer, but it doesn't sound like they're going to do that. All right, coming up next, are you smarter than a plumber? This will be my first time with this. Yours, too. I'm excited about it. We'll do that next right now on Austin Bechtold Fan Headline. Super Bowl 58 was the most watched telecast ever. Over 123 million viewers on average watched the Kansas City Chiefs win in overtime against the San Francisco 49ers. Second time the two teams have met in the last four years, and the Chiefs came out victorious both times. Pitt basketball tonight against Virginia, 7 o'clock. Cavaliers are ranked 21st in the country. Will be a big win for Pitt. The Panthers are on a three-game winning streak, 6-6 six and six in the ACC. Virginia, eight-game winning streak, 19-5 and five overall, and 10-3 and three in the conference. Headlines are Power Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Let's talk about how Noah Gabriel and company George wants to do right by you. Their passion is to create the perfect engagement ring that you will absolutely love. They want every aspect of your proposal to be perfect, especially her engagement ring. That's why they're the only jewelry store in Pittsburgh to guarantee your fiancé will love, 
love her engagement ring. If her ring isn't exactly what she wants, they create her a brand new engagement ring that earns her perfect ring approval. With locations in Wexford and Ross Park Mall, visit the only jeweler I would trust to create the perfect engagement ring. Noah Gabriel and Company Jewelers, the best in the bird. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Southside Jake is on the line. Are you Adam. smarter than a plumber? What's up, brother? How are you today, sir? Uh, I'm wonderful. How about you? I'm a little bit nervous. This is my <laughs> first segment we're doing. Paul's first segment here. I'm I'm a little afraid I'm going to show my ass here. Southside Jake. You guys Jake. are professionals. You guys are professionals. You know, you're do this for a living every day. You're going to be fine. All right. What do you got for us, brother? <laughs> All right, so got some questions for you here. We know the uh, Super Bowl was this past weekend, so I'm going to give you a Super Bowl question here. Everyone that watched the Super Bowl seen the Sterling Silver Trophy, known as Lombardi Trophy. Since inception of the trophy, there's has, there has been one manufacturer. Who is that manufacturer of the trophy? Oh, man. Oh, boy. That's... Hey, here's a hint. Here's a hint. They're a well-known jewelry designer. Oh, Noah Gabriel. How about that? <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, no, that's not right. I, I have it on the tip of my tongue. Is it K? It's not K. Nope. It's, it's, uh, oh my goodness. Jared. Good is guess. It, is it Jared? <laughs> no, no, it's Tiffany and Co. Tiffany, oh, exactly. I couldn't a... think of it. I could, here's the worst part. I could see the store in New York City. I could, I could see. I used to walk past it every day. Guys, I had a girlfriend, I mean... uh, kind of girlfriend in college that we were, we weren't even dating. We were like hooking up for like two weeks. And Valentine's Day was around the corner. And she said she expected something from Tiffany. Mm, Two weeks, Jake. Two weeks. That's that's not right. That's not right. No, it's bad. What else you got for us, brother? All right, all right. Uh, One more Super Bowl question. This is like your guys' Hall of Fame here, sports media broadcasting. All right. Since broadcasting of the Super Bowl began in 1967, these two play-by-play announcers have called the Super Bowl 11 times each, which is the most in Super Bowl history. Can you name one of them? Oh, I can. Summerall. Pat Summerall, John Madden. 
Nope, but Pat Summerall is correct. The other one is Al Michaels. Al Michaels. Al Michaels. That would have been my next guess, Good. or Great at least job, I'll say Pat. that. Great job. Are you Very smarter good. than a plumber? Brought to you by Southside Plumbing and Heating. Southside Jake with us here on the Fan Morning Show. All right, Jake. All right, let's go. Let's go. All right, two more. Let's get through these. All right, tomorrow, pitchers and catchers report to spring training. What is the fastest pitch ever recorded in a Major League Baseball game? I think it was Aroldis Chapman 104.8 or something like that. Man, you are so close. You had the pitcher correct. The, the speed was 105.8. My oh, 105.8. Man, yeah. imagine that correct. thing coming. You wouldn't even see that. Would you even hear Man. that? Uh, 105.8. That would hit the mitt. You'd hear it two seconds yes, later. Yes, exactly. All right, you oh say you got God. one more. What do we win here, yep. Southside Jake? Just your friendship for eternity? Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll come back next week with some, maybe a prize or something for you. We're just getting rolling. Dorn, you know, did it last week, so we got to give you guys a chance. We'll, I think we'll that's why he skipped out today, Jake, is because he was afraid of being wrong. <laughs> you guys are doing really good. You really are. All right, but you're not going to get this one. I'm sorry. All right, this Sunday, the Super Bowl of NASCAR, the Great American Race, the Daytona 500. Daytona International Speedway is a two-and-a-half-mile tri-oval. How many laps are to be completed during the race? Oh, is it, man. Is it, is it, I don't know, what is it, two-and-a-half? So it'd be two, two, and a half mile it'd be 200 track. laps. It'd be 200 laps if it's a Daytona Ding, ding, ding. Paul, you, you are good. You, you not only know trivia, you know how to do math. Because that math, math is yes. right in the question. Did you know, you Jake, go. that... Paul got a perfect on his math. Or you missed one. I missed one on my SAT. One on math, math yeah. section on the SAT. So he only missed one question. question. How about that? Man. That's imp- you guys did awesome today. You really did. We okay. nailed it. That's because you don't have Bostick in and, uh, and Doran to drag things down. Uh, yep. Are you smarter mm-hmm. than a plumber? Presented by Southside Plumbing and Heating. Jake, this was fun, man. What do you say we do it again next Tuesday? Next Tuesday, we'll talk again, sir. Uh, All right, buddy. Be well. Thanks. Oh, I cut him off there at the end. Good thing I can do math. Southside Plumbing and Heating. I love that guy. Yeah. He he texts in the text line every day. Not a big Kenny Pickett supporter, that guy. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I can do math quickly like that. Between the two of us, Paul, we nailed that. And actually, our guy Beck told because he got Al Michaels. We went perfect. Suck on them no, apples we there, lost Doran. The first, we missed the first one, Tiffany's. Oh yeah, but I've, I literally walked past the store every the, the one in New York City every day when I when I used to work up there in Manhattan. You'd walk by Tiffany's every I would day. Walk past Tiffany's. I'd walk past uh, what's the purse place that uh, coach or whatever. Yep. I mean, I walk, get sacks on Fifth you know Ave. I'd walk past. Uh, it was is, is is it Al Roker that used to do the t- Today Show? I used to walk past there. I used to walk past what was uh, David Letterman Studios, um, Radio City Music Hall. Yeah. I used to walk from from the. Where I was at, where my office was, to get back to the Port Authority where I caught my bus to go back home in New Jersey, I used to walk past, you know, and I would walk different routes so I could walk past all these places. Ah, the city of brotherly love. No, 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 no. New York. No, I know. I I, I worked in Philly, too. The thing about certain places in Philly, you didn't want to walk past anyway. (laughs) You, you, You worry about getting shot. We got Brad Spielberger joining us at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Coming up next, the 2024 Super Bowl odds are out. Only eight teams have longer odds than the Steelers. We'll tell you which teams those are, and we'll discuss whether or not we agree when we come back. Right now, it's an Austin Bechtold fan headline. Pitt basketball tonight against Virginia. Cavaliers ranked 21st in the country, and Virginia is favored by 5.5. It's a 7 o'clock tip-off. 
with coverage beginning right here on 93.7 The Fan at 6.30. Duquesne is at 16th ranked Dayton at 7 o'clock as well. Robert Morris tomorrow against Youngstown State. Penn State hosts Michigan State, both those games at 6.30. Penn's tomorrow at 7.30 against the Florida Panthers, PPG Paints Arena. Tristan Jari expected to start in goal for the Penguins. We're seven points out of a wild card spot. Headlines are Papa Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus joins us at roughly 8 o'clock and got some bones to pick with him. Brock Purdy graded out higher than Patrick Mahomes and PFF in the Super Bowl. And then, of course, there's that whole Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt thing, and I haven't had a chance to talk to him about that. So looking forward to that more with Brad Spielberger. There are nine teams, nine, counting not my strong suit, that have longer Super Bowl odds than the Steelers next year, Paul. And I'm going to rip through them, and you tell me if you think any of these teams should have higher odds than the Steelers. Arizona, plus 8,000. Steelers are plus 7,500, by the way. No, Arizona should be below the Steelers, yes. Saints. I think I'd have them higher than the Steelers. I think I would too, and I, the reason is because I feel like they have, you know, they have a better chance of winning their division. Yep. Than the Steelers do. Commanders that, plus one thousand. No, no, they should be below the Steelers. Giants plus a thousand. They should be below the Steelers. Patriots. They should be below the Steelers. Vegas. Depends on what they do at quarterback, but they're they need a quarterback. Um, I would say they probably should be right there with the Steelers. Denver plus one thousand. They 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 should be below the Steelers for sure. Titans at plus fifteen thousand. They should be below the Steelers. Even though I think you can make an argument that Levis, you might rather build your franchise around him than Kenny Pickett. Yeah, but they have a, they have a new coaching staff now, and, and they, their line is they're, yeah, terrible. They're they're rebuilding. They're they've got they've got a long way to go. And the Panthers at plus twenty five thousand, which isn't where you should be in year two of a rookie quarterback. That's when Joe Burrow went to the Super Bowl. Right. That's when Ben Roethlisberger won the Super Bowl. And aren't they at a place right now where they're basically going to? Uh, they have a new coach, so they're basically starting over again. That's if I. And it's tough to imagine this, Paul, but if I were an NFL player, there's one place I would absolutely never sign, and that's Carolina, so long as David Tepper's the owner. Because I don't know who my coach is going to be year in and year out. Now, right. the, now the, that that can be true in other places too, but not quite to that effect. How about the Browns plus thirty five hundred? They're way ahead of the Steelers. On yeah, this. and and the thing about it is, again, when it comes to is what is Deshaun Watson? Because I've said it before, I I feel like the Browns have a better roster than just about every team in the NFL, player for player, if if they're all healthy, and and it's a big and. If Deshaun Watson is some, you know, something close to what he was when he was in Houston. I think, I think at worst, you know, if he comes back and is healthy now in year three, I think you could get that Joe Flacco kind of performance out of him where the high variance turnovers, sacks, but he could throw touchdowns. I probably would have them ahead of the Steelers. I would have them ahead of the Steelers. And number one on the list is San Francisco plus 550, the Chiefs plus 650, Baltimore plus 900. It depends on where you look, though, because I've seen Detroit with better odds than where I see them right now here, which is plus 1,200. Right. We'll get into this maybe even a little bit more later on in the show. But up next, we got Brad Spielberger of PFF. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. High 43, low 30.
Tecovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tecovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brad Spielberger, our buddy for Pro Football Focus, is joining us right now on the Fan Hotline, presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh-trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Brad, I hear you weren't on last week. Are you scared of Pittsburghers now because of that Miles Garrett decision to win Defensive Player of the Year? No, not at all, not at all. I mean, hey, that was, you know, as far as I'm aware, there's not a single employee of the, uh, you know, company that will not be named that votes for that award. But, uh no, that was because it was 5 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, my apologies oh, for not yeah. there, having the foresight to say, hey, I'm not going to be available um, at 5 a.m. Pacific, which I, I was not. It's all good. We used to have a system where I would text you, and then we just don't do that anymore. I just assume you're going to be here, and if not, it's no big deal, buddy. But I'm happy we have you today because I also wanted to ask you, and we'll get to the Garrett thing here at the end of the conversation, but I saw that Brock Purdy graded out higher than Patrick Mahomes in Super Bowl 58. What do you make of that? Yeah, it's it's really just because the interception. Um, you know, look, we, we obviously will touch on the grading system and all that. I guess it's one of those shows, but uh, you know, I think one thing that that maybe um, you know at times can, can skew things maybe a, a little bit too far, depending on the certain situation, is a a strong negative play like that. And look, that was a horrific throw by Patrick Mahomes. There's no denying that. Um, you know, can, can kind of overshadow a lot of positives, even if 
He was stacking me a lot of good plays. You know, Purdy didn't really make any mistakes. Um, I don't think Purdy really elevated a lot in that game. Like, I don't think he had any, you know, wild throws or or uh, maybe he had one big-time throw. I, I have actually looked at his individual grade. But, um, you know, he made a couple nice plays. But, yeah, it's just the, the, the interception was probably a minus one and a half, maybe even a minus two because it was just a, a brutal, brutal play. What do you think Justin Fields has? Uh, can he grow into a really good player in the NFL? Because Adam Schefter says Mike Tomlin loves him and – so we in Pittsburgh, some of us have been pining for the Steelers to make a deal for the Chicago quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I saw that. I think it's interesting. I, I, so, look, he has all the talent in the world. He is a phenomenal deep ball thrower, uh, you know, touch with accuracy, uh, with, with a cannon for an arm, you know, as well. Uh, he is, of course, you know, maybe the best athlete at the position in the entire NFL. And I'm saying that including the Lamar Jacksons and Josh Allens of the Whoa. world. I, I think huh. he's better than yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's – look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Chicago guy. He, he's a, a freak, freak athlete. So, I think he can develop. You know, I think you still saw um, – in, in his first two years, what he had around him was just not fair, right? And he's playing with probably the worst collective rosters in the NFL his first two seasons. Then you get him a DJ Moore, <clears throat> and DJ Moore puts up 1,500 yards and, you know, 10 touchdowns. So, there is still, you know, some concern of, you know, down-to-down accuracy over the intermediate parts of the field. Um, can he see it and get the ball out quickly? Things like that. But I think it could be tapped into. He just, you know, had a terrible situation, changing in coordinators, all of these things. Um, I, I, yeah, the upside is still there. What uh, when you when you look at Justin Fields? I think the thing that most people here would want to know is wh- why are the Bears ready to give up on him? Yeah, and it's certainly a fair question. And I would say this, like, there is an element of just the business of football and the financial aspect of contracts where they have the first overall pick and they have a quarterback that is due his fifth-year option this offseason. So has he shown progress? Yes. But are they going to say, you know what, we can reset the rookie contract window or we can give this guy, you know, $22 million fully guaranteed for 2025 and we still have some question marks about his game. So that's what it comes down to. I can tell you this for a fact, and it's from talking to people in the building. He's the most beloved player in the whole in the whole building. So there's no wow. issue with like who he is as a person, um, his work ethic, his intangibles are legitimately a hundred out of a hundred. They are first rate. Um, every single person would tell you that. It's really just you know that they would like to have seen a little bit more growth from him to this point, and they got a gift, right? If Carolina was giving them the fifth overall pick instead of the first, I think they say okay. We'll take a wide receiver. Maybe we'll take a tackle, and we'll try to figure it out with Justin Fields. It's just kind of, you know, the stars aligned, and it's a good quarterback draft class, uh, and they just feel like they can't turn down the number one overall pick two years in a row now. Brad Spielberger joining us here on the Fan Morning Show. The other guy that's kind of been connected to the Steelers, Adam Schefter said, was Russell Wilson. And I know Peter King has been on with our midday guys, and he really seems convinced that Russell Wilson could be a Pittsburgh Steeler. What would the Steelers be getting in Russell Wilson at this age? That's interesting. I don't really understand that one. Like, I would just go the Ryan Tannehill route for familiarity if I was going to go with a you know, 35, 36-year-old wow. quarterback. Um, look, I mean, Wilson's not terrible. Like, yeah, he had a bounce-back year in some ways this season. He still is a guy where you want to run the ball a bunch and then set up play action so he can take deep shots. He does still throw a pretty deep ball. Um, like, him and, him and George Pickens would have a good connection. We saw it with Cortland Sutton this past year where – Outside the numbers, <clears throat> he can throw a very, very accurate deep ball. Um, but he's still just 
takes too many sacks, holds on to the ball too long, does not attack the middle of the field. Yeah, I, I, I get the connection because, you know, Steelers need a quarterback and Wilson will be available. I think he'll be fairly cheap as well. I'm sure there's a respect level there. Um, you know, just two teams that have been in the playoffs every year for you know, the last 15 years in Seattle and Pittsburgh. But if I'm Pittsburgh, I, I, I go a different direction. There. Brad, are you uh, is that Vegas I hear on your voice there? Is that what's uh, happening? That is that is unfortunately <laughs> what you're hearing. Yeah, uh, love it. So you, you, you look at the Steelers quarterback situation with Kenny Pickett. And I'm sure you evaluated him all year long whenever he played. Um, is he good enough? Do you see enough of the numbers that you guys evaluate quarterbacks with that suggest that if they can't get any of these other guys, they still have a chance to win with Kenny Pickett? Yeah, I mean, so he, he's interesting. Where for, for our grading system, and it goes back to the original question, uh, he doesn't make mistakes, so which is great, right? It's always good to, to avoid the negatives. Um, the issue with him is, you know, his touchdown rate is one of the lowest in NFL history through two seasons. Like, he doesn't really push the ball, and – you know, could, could a lot of that be Matt Canada's fault? Of course. Um, we see a, a very small sample size of play action with him, but then he's actually pretty successful when he does it. It's just a very, very small, uh, you know, sample of plays. Uh, they don't throw over the middle of the field, and I think he can see the full field and probably go through a progression, and he has a pretty quick release. So you'd imagine a lot of things that he can do, um, they just haven't done yet. But let's say this. I'm not surprised that we're talking about who they're going to bring in as competition, and I think it would be – a letdown to not have someone come in and look, maybe Kenny still wins the competition, but to bring in a legitimate bona fide competitor and say, Hey, let the best man win. We're going to go through you know, the off season and see who can win this battle. Um, you know, I just think there's too many good veterans across this roster. Uh, and this is a winning football team right now that if you did add, you know, an, an upgraded quarterback, we're talking about, you know, forget making the playoffs. I know the Steelers fans want to see, but, Upgrade quarterback, maybe you win a playoff game or two. If you take quarterback out of the equation, do you like the Steelers roster or the Chiefs roster better? That's an interesting question. Um, I mean, going into free agency, you know, Chris Jones and Legarius Sneed are, are, are obviously probably the two best defensive players on Kansas City. So that is interesting because if they lose those guys, you know, or lose one of them, then, then it swings kind of in favor of Pittsburgh. They do have, though, you know, they're both top 10 defenses in the NFL probably both top five, you know, when healthy. Um, and then Kansas City is the youngest in the NFL as well this season. So it's cl- it is close. It is close. At removing quarterback, it, it's pretty close because receiver is a gigantic, you know, advantage for Pittsburgh. Um, you know, obviously Pat Frymuth is not Travis Kelsey, but Kelsey is also going to be 34 years old next year, I want to say. So outside of quarterback, they're, they're pretty comparable. The tackle play in, in Kansas City was just as bad as the tackle play in Pittsburgh this past year. Um, you know, their interior is better, but I like Pittsburgh's interior. So, I don't know, roundabout, long answer short, they're both very good non-quarterback rosters. It's kind of, you know, it comes down to preference at a, at a couple spots. Last thing here for you, Brad. Did the voters get it right? Miles Garrett, Defensive Player of the Year award winner. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Michael Parsons talked on a little bit. He may have gone a little bit too far in what he was saying. But, you know, I think, look, look, look at the Super Bowl. I mean, Chris Jones did not have a sack. I don't, I don't know if you recorded, a, you know, a pass-rushing stat. And he's the reason why Brock Purdy airmailed the ball to Debo Samuel, who was wide open in the end zone. He's the reason why uh, he couldn't uh, convert a third down uh, late in the game. Like, it's just it's, – it's, it's the brand of football we're in. I love T.J. Watt. He's a clear-cut top five uh, defensive player. You'll love this, by the way. I'll, I'll throw this in there from Vegas. I don't think it was intentional, but we all found it hilarious. T.J. Watt was walking around Radio Row, and 
he happened to throw some of his trash into our trash can. Uh, I don't even think we didn't even have a PFF sign on the table, uh, but, but we we decided that he knew, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna leave my trash with uh, this trash organization." Uh, it's probably completely unintentional. You know who would have anyway. thrown that away better, Miles Garrett? He would have. Oh, he would have. Yeah, you're he would have right. slammed it right down there in the trash can. Slammed it right down. He would have scored higher for throwing his trash in the garbage. It would have been better for him. No, you're right. You're right. Brad, you're the man. Thanks for coming on with us, buddy. Get some uh, get some tea. Get a lozenge, maybe. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Take care, buddy. That's Brad Spielberger for PFF. A really interesting comment about Tannehill v. Russell Wilson. So we'll get to that one coming up next. You can tweet us. Brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. You can text us, 412-928-9370. Brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Right now, it's an Austin Bechtold fan headline. The Super Bowl was the highest rated show of all time. Over 123 million people watched the Kansas City Chiefs defeat the San Francisco 49ers in overtime of Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, the first ever Super Bowl in Las Vegas that you heard right here on 93.7 The Fan and Westwood One's coverage. Steelers cut Mitch Trubisky as well as Chuk Sakura for Presley Harvin the day after the Super Bowl. The offseason, well, it's here. In the NFL. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Trust is a key component of my life. And let me tell you about something that I would absolutely trust to sell my home, and that's Gina GM Petro. You have a five-star experience when you sell your home with Gina. Scott said this about working with Gina. Gina GM Petro is a top-notch real estate agent. She has an excellent understanding of the market and knows how to price your home to get the best value. She presents your property in the best possible way to ensure you get the maximum returns. She is straightforward, trustworthy, and supportive. Trust is an essential aspect of any relationship with Gina. I could trust her completely. She delivered on everything she promised. Gina will sit down with you. You grant a price. You grant a deadline. If the deadline passes and the home isn't sold, she'll have a bot and turned into a rental. She also offers a no-obligation guarantee. She doesn't do her job at any point. You're free to get out of the contract. You know what to do. Pull out your phone, give Gina a call, 724-602-9752, or Google Gina G and Petro of Remax Select Realty and look up Gina will sell your home.com. That's Gina will sell your home.com. Fan Morning Show Twitter poll brought to you by PJ Fitzpatrick Home Improvement. Trustpj.com. Here's a subject. Adam Schefter is linked to Steelers to Russell Wilson and Justin Fields. Who would you rather see behind center for the Steelers next year? Justin Fields has 89% of the vote, Zeiss, with Russell Wilson with 11% of the vote. And there's over 1,000 votes there, so that's a pretty big sample size. That doesn't shock me. What did shock me is we talked to Brad Spielberger in the last segment. He said, between Ryan Tannehill and Russell Wilson, he thinks the better move for the Steelers would be to bring in Ryan Tannehill because of the familiarity with the Arthur Smith offense. Well, you said that earlier. Hey, I like that. If the Steelers are married to Kenny. Right, which they are. Then, as far as backups go, I would want a guy who's got experience with Arthur, and that, Arthur Smith. And that's the thing. I mean, that was the thing about Mason Rudolph keeping him around for all those years, you know, two or three years. Because he knew the offense. He knew, you know, he knew the offense. You didn't have to train him, teach him the offense. Um, and that's what you want for your backup. I, 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 my thing, again, I feel like you got to try and win this year. You got to try and win this year. Like, really win. Yeah. If, so, to me, Fields, Wilson, one of those guys, you're bringing them here because you think, hey, they're, they're going to give us a chance to win this year. If it's about backup quarterback, Ryan Daniel makes a ton of sense to me. 
if you're looking, oh, if you're thinking about winning and really winning, then Ryan Tannehill can't be my starter. No, like that doesn't that doesn't do anything for me. That doesn't move the. Ne- it's not 2019 anymore. No, and while he might find some magic with an offensive coordinator that he understands and a scheme that he understands, and with the weapons the Steelers do have. I don't think he's the same player he was a few years ago. And so as a backup, fine. As your guy guy, no. Over Russell Wilson as a guy guy, no. Over Russell Wilson as a backup because Russell Wilson has not gotten along with his last two coaching staffs and his teammates have hated him, then yeah, okay, that makes sense to me. 412-928-9370, the phone number. And the Fan Morning Show is brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. That's an awesome story Brad told, too, at the end about T.J. Watt walking around Radio Row and throwing trash in the PFF booth. That is unbelievable. Although it sounds like he didn't know. He might. I think he might have known. I think he might have known. known. Of all the trash cans in all of Radio Row. One thing we've seen about him is there's no question is that he's very petty like that. Right? We've seen maybe some of the things, just, just his little... Shots he puts out there on Twitter or some of the things he says. I also know. He's kind of petty like that. Yes. And he was, there was one person in town that reported he skipped an exit interview a couple of years ago. I was told the same thing. So this is a super competitive guy. When things don't go well, he gets pissed off about it. And I think a lot of that has to do that he expects things out of himself. And then whenever, as far as the awards show is concerned, you know, he thinks he deserves the accolades, and I happen to agree with him. I just can't believe he said that about Tannehill. Tannehill yeah. more than Wilson. He also said if you take the quarterbacks out of the equation, the Steelers roster might be better than the Chiefs. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting, but well, I also I mean, happen. That's again, why I asked the question. I agree why, with that. That's why I said yesterday that, that the fact that they won it just tells you how great Mahomes is. Yeah. Like, you know. The, They're the, not better than Sam Fran. The whole, the whole. You know, uh, Lamar Jackson winning the MVP. The MVP is Patrick Mahomes. And it will be until the day that he retires, probably. And my thing is, look, at he's got five guys named Mo as his receivers. Mm-hmm. And three of them are e- Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> and, he, and he won a Super Bowl. That tells you how great the guy is, you know? So, to me, it, I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's out of the um, – I don't think it's a hot take. To say, oh, well, the Steelers' roster around the quarterback is better than the, the Chiefs. And frankly, it should be, too, because he has got the biggest cap hit in the league. Right. I mean, $37 million bucks, And that's the, the other thing, thing. Well, the one thing they did do well is they dra- they drafted and they they were really smart about how they built their defense. Yes. You know, and, and the Steelers' money is on defense. The Chiefs' money is on offense, and it's mostly all on two players. We're going to see that dynamic shift pretty soon here, though, with the Steelers. Well, you're still going to have Watt. You're still going to have Minka, and they're going to command big salaries and big cap hits. But you're not going to see Cam Hayward be around for too much longer. And then apart from that, how much are you really paying, guys? And Patrick Peterson, is he going to be back next year or not? I'm not so sure. I don't think I would bring him back, to be honest with you. And then offensively, you're going to have to pay guys. You're going to have to people, people pick up the fifth-year option. People actually run the idea out there of trading T.J. Watt. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're going to trade one of those high-priced superstars, wouldn't it be Minka Fitzpatrick? Well, I would trade either one of them if it got me Drake May, even though I, I'm not convinced he's going to be yeah. a great NFL player. Yeah, I got But you. I would take the shot on that. Like if it netted me that guy, I if it netted me Jaden Jaden Daniels, ooh, uh, I mm, 
Maybe. I'll tell you the one guy I don't want anything to do with is the guy. Caleb the, Williams. I, well, no, definitely him, but the guy from Washington. Penix. I, I don't want anything to do with this guy. I mean, here's a guy who literally, basically because of what he did against Texas, one game. People went crazy about him. Oh, he had a hell of a year, too, though. He did, but my point is people saw him play one time. Guys like you and I saw him play three or four times because yeah. we watch college football. Most people did not watch Washington games. Most of you walked out there, you know what I'm saying? Well, and a lot of people not Kenny Pickett for being college for 15 years. It's not that different than that guy either. And that guy's had a really bad in- injury history. You know, I, I, I'm going to tell you. If that's the guy they end up with, that that would not I would not be in favor of that. I'll tell you who I don't like is JJ McCarthy from Michigan. They won the national championship <laughs> with me at quarterback. They never they did not have to have he put up great stats, had a nice year. He didn't have to he didn't have to do anything. All you need to know is the He took pe- like 130 yards. The Penn State game. Where they, they literally threw it, I think, one time in the second half. Would they run it? 28 straight times? Yeah, uh, 30 something. 30 something. 32, 33. 30, I think it was 32. Right. I, I think they, didn't they, they threw it one time, I think, in the second half. It was a clinic by their offensive line. Right. They just basically handed the ball off and just kept running it. Switching gears quickly here. I wanted to bring this up yesterday and we didn't have time for it. I saw Eric Carlson and Ricard Raquel at the Paw Patrol live event that I went to with my daughter on Sunday morning. So quick turnaround for them. They're off until Wednesday, but quick turnaround from losing in Winnipeg, getting on that charter flight, waking up, taking their kids, kicking and screaming, I'm sure, because that's the way it always works with me, to Paw Patrol Live. They're buying stuffed animals. Not a soul came up to either one of these guys, Paul. And I'm wondering, if you saw, I want you to answer this question on the text line of 412-928-9370. we got great sports fans who listen to this station and this show. If you saw Ricard Raquel in public, would you know it was Ricard Raquel? I know you wouldn't know who Jansen freaking Harkins is, <laughs> right? Matt Nieto's walking around. No one would have any idea. I don't know that I would know who John Ludwig was if I saw him wearing human clothes out there, not a hockey uniform in public. Where do we draw the line on guys that Penguins fans would recognize, though? Because Eric Carlson, I, I think he, he stuck out to me like a guy with a sore, like a sore right. thumb. And, and the thing about him is when you see him, how do I say this? You can kind of tell just when you look at certain guys like that, but that dude has been a superstar of some level. On some level, he's been a superstar, whether it's an actor. He's somebody famous who's been famous for a long time. So even if you don't necessarily know who he is, but I'll tell you, the number of guys that they have on their roster right now that I would struggle, I would struggle to, to, to pick out, there's a number of them. You think Drew O'Connor gets recognized in public? A lot. Um, I bet Pony gets recognized more in public than Drew O'Connor. Yes. Riley Riley Smith might be the line for me. Especially since Drew O'Connor looks like he's like a 15-year-old kid. Did I ever tell you the story, Paul, about I went to Dewey Beach in Delaware after the Penguins won the Cup in 2016, and they had Connor Sherry on that roster. And I told people at this big sing-along bar, Dewey Beach, Delaware, that I was a Stanley Cup champion and that I was Connor Sheary. Because <laughs> no one in Delaware knows jack bleep about hockey. Right. People were buying me free drinks. We had a karaoke singer up on the stage who said, we have a Stanley Cup champion in here. I had people talking to me all night. Wow. It wasn't until the end of the night that I got found out and I had to sprint out of there. 
It was when I was trying to pay with my credit card. Which, do you think Connor Sheary's credit card got declined? Probably not. Mine, uh, it did. Oh, boy. But that's the perfect guy right there. Like 5'9", brown hair, young right. looking. And, and the thing about it is you were in a place where people would likely not know who you are. People had no, would had no idea. And I was actually in fairly decent shape back then. But people would just I mean. lift like, my shirt up now. Look at this jerk But the off. thing is, have you ever seen these hockey players in public? Most of them... A lot of them look like you. You know, you know what I mean? They're they're skinnier. They, right. they they're like scrawny guys. You're like, what? This guy plays hockey? You would know if a Pitt basketball player was right. next to you or if a Pittsburgh right. Steeler was there. Yes. You would know. For the for the most part. Some of them, you know, maybe some of some them. Some baseball like, guys maybe not. But some baseball players maybe not. But you know, the thing is you can tell you they're all in really good shape. Right. You know, so but my thing is I think most people if you look at the Penguins, most people can pick. Obviously, people. Let's just the stars. Let's just concede. Most people know. You know, could pick out Latang, Crosby, and Malkin. I think Jeff Carter even would get recognized. Brian Rust, guys uh, who have been around longer. Even even a guy like Ru, uh, Ruedel, if if you've ever watched the Penguins, he's pretty easy to. You know what I mean? Yeah, the baldness helps. You know. Uh, oh, is that Craig Riley? Nah, it's Chad Ruedel. Yeah, Gensel. Is a guy probably people people would recognize. I'll draw I'll draw the line at Drew O'Connor, and I don't know. I think Riley you, Smith. I think Drew O'Connor. You could put him in a in a crowd of people that are even, you know, casual hockey fans, and they wouldn't have any idea who he is. Noel Achari. People definitely ain't recognizing him at five ten two oh nine. Built like a brick, you know what house? But oh, that guy might do MMA. You, you probably have to be a, a, a pretty big fan. And when I say really big fan, you'd have to be, um, you know, somebody that watches the games and does more to 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 really. I would even say Tristan Jari, because if you, I mean, he's he's wearing a hat. He's always wearing a mask. Well, and you know, and you know what, Flurry obviously. Matt Murray was six six right. and built like a stream. You would recognize these guys, right? I think people would recognize Jari, but. Not everybody. Not, I'm not saying everybody. not everybody because he wears a mask. And... Well, and here's the thing about Carlson, too. He's wearing a turtleneck. He looked very right. European. Right. Like, you would probably go, oh, like, that guy's not from around here. You would have known that. All right, coming up next, speaking of hockey, Tyler Kennedy going to join us. One of the preeminent insiders in all of hockeydom is reporting what the Penguins' asking price is for Jake Gensel. We'll talk about that, among other things, with Tyler Kennedy coming up next. But right now, an Austin Beck told fan headline. During the Super Bowl, the Pirates signed catcher Yasmani Grandal to a one-year contract. Who previously played for the Dodgers a while back. Last spent time with the Chicago White Sox as well. On a short-term deal, one year for $2.5 million. Pirates report to spring training tomorrow. Pitchers and catchers report. The Pirates are also reportedly interested in former Yankees starter Domingo Herman, who threw a perfect game last year. Headlines of Papa Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville now open. For more, go to 937thefan.com. Doran. Let's talk about how Noah Gabriel and Company Jewelers wants to do right by you. Their passion is to create the perfect engagement ring that you will absolutely love. They want every aspect of your proposal to be perfect, especially her engagement ring. That's why they're the only jewelry store in Pittsburgh to guarantee that your fiance will love her engagement ring. If her ring isn't exactly what she wants, they create her brand new engagement ring that earns her perfect ring approval. With locations in Wexford. In Ross Park Mall, visit the only jeweler I would trust to create the perfect engagement ring. Noah Gabriel and Company Jewelers, the best in the burg. Doran out sick. Paul Zeiss in with us all week. Join right now. 
by Tyler Kennedy. Good morning, Tyler. How are you, brother? I'm doing well, boys. Uh, the sun's out. Couldn't be happier. The backyard rink dead, though, now, huh? Yeah, I put it away last week. I wasn't dealing with the headache. I was, it was frustrating looking out my window and seeing a pond <laughs> of water that I know is done for the year. Um, again, it was it's crazy. I've had I've had two weeks the last two years, one week each year out of my rink. So <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm doing it uh, moving forward anymore. It's just. It's not worth the squeeze. Yeah, I hear you on that. My buddy, I'll always go up once a year. He lives up in Wexford and will play a little pond hockey. But usually now it's two weekends a year you can do it, and then you don't got a chance to do it. All right, so Elliot Freeman from 32 Thoughts, the podcast, maybe the preeminent hockey insider, reporting that if the Penguins trade Gensel, they're looking for a Claude Giroux-type return from when the Flyers traded him a couple of years ago. They got a first, a third, and then Owen Tippett in that deal. Would you make a move like that, Tyler? And how long would you wait before pulling the trigger on something like that, all the way up until the deadline? Um, no, I would do it earlier. Um, I would do it as soon as possible. Then you know where you're at. You know, I would make Jake make a decision of if he wants to sign here and be, you know, get that long-term contract, or does he want to chase the money a little bit and go somewhere else? see if he can get a big deal somewhere else. Uh, but I, I would make him be making decisions earlier than later. Um, yeah, I, I think you'd be asking quite a bit for a Jake Gensel guy who's proven to be a goal scorer That's gets it done, champion, knows how to win, plays in big games, scores in big games, and is a consistent competitor year in and year out and puts up a ton of points. Given the fact that uh, Sidney Crosby obviously loves having Jake Gensel around, uh, isn't that got to be a consideration for the Penguins when they decide whether or not they're going to trade him? And the other part of it is, is trading him necessarily saying that you're giving up sort of on the season? I don't know that it is, depending on what you get back, right? Well, I think you definitely want to keep Sid happy, you know, for what he's done to the team. He's still leading the team in the right direction, you know, that would be a, definitely a, a lot into the consideration to keep Gensel, you know, again, keeping him happy through the rest of his career. If you do trade him, it does kind of send a sign like, all right, this is, looks like we're not going to make playoffs again this year. We got to start thinking about the future. This is the right move for the, the club. You know, we need guys stepping up into different spots. Let's see what the prospects have and go from there. The Penguins right now 11 points out behind the Flyers for the third spot in the Metro, though they do have five games in hand. They are seven points behind Detroit for the second wildcard spot, though they have two games in hand. I mean, how soon do you think before these players, if they keep playing like this and they've lost their last two, before they think, all right, maybe we've dug ourselves too big of a hole? Well, these next two games, the back-to-back, those are huge games. That's those would be a four big points to get them back in the mix. Those two games they lost back-to-back, that was a big, you know, kind of gut-wrencher because they needed those points. And now, come, you know, getting a little bit more break here and then going back-to-back against Florida, who always competes hard against them. And the next night, I think they're, they're somewhere else. Uh, where are they after Florida? Let me pull up the schedule. Think, here. Uh, 
I think they're Ottawa, maybe. Still pulling it up yeah. here. <clears throat> Scrolling. Yeah. But, yeah, so you got Florida, but, Chicago, L.A., New York, Montreal. Chicago. Yeah, so they're Chicago. You would, you would think with how Chicago is, the, the game means a lot more to them than Chicago. You know, and those are huge, huge points. And I think you'd get a little bit more read on where they are. And when you look around the league, like, what sucks is, like, the other teams they're battling against, they're they're starting to play a lot better. You know, you look at the Islanders, they're starting to get on a run. Jersey's starting to play better. Yep. You know, Philadelphia is still humming around. They're still winning. Yeah, they won four you know, in a row now. Yeah, like, where is this coming from? Maybe maybe their rebuild was, you know, <laughs> is they needed it, and now they're going the right direction, or maybe it's Tortorella. But, um, yeah, it sucks that the other guys around the league aren't really – you know, blowing games and stuff like that. So the Penguins need to find their game, and they need a big four points here coming up with the back-to-back. TK, always appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for the time today. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Tyler Kennedy. We'll talk about the merits of trading Jake Gensel coming up next, and just when does that decision have to be made? We'll react to what he had to say. And I have a a surprise question for you, Paul. We might have to push it till 9 o'clock, but I'm going to ask you this question, and I'm expecting greatness from you. All right, here we go. But first, it's an Austin Bechtold fan headline. Pens and Panthers at PPG Paints Arena tomorrow, 7.30. Tristan Jari expected to be in that. Then it's Pens Blackhawks in Chicago, 8.30. Alex Adelkovic should be in that for the Pens in the back-to-back. Pitt Panthers tonight against Virginia. Big game for Pitt against number 21, Virginia. The Cavaliers at 7 o'clock, 6.30. Right here on the fan is the beginning of our pregame coverage. You can also listen on your Odyssey app. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis in Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. And now here's Crowley. Thank you so much, Austin Crowley here for Mentality. I have two kids now at home, and I work the morning show. So I'm exhausted all the time. I'm not what I used to be, but I, maybe I'm reserved to the fact that I won't be. You probably look in the mirror and you go, what is going on with me? Why am I not myself anymore? Well, guess what? Low testosterone could be part of your problem. Mentality wants to find out. Board-certified physicians will give you a blood test. If low testosterone is your problem, they'll fix it for you. If not, this is why I trust them so much. They'll point you in the right direction. Covered by most insurance. Check them out. LowTUSA.com. Mentality. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19. Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Elliot Freeman, big-time hockey insider, says the Penguins, if they do move Gensel, are looking for a Claude Giroux-type return from when the Flyers traded him in 2022. They got a first-round pick, a third-round pick, and Owen Tippett. And Owen Tippett this year has got 18 goals. He had 27 last year, so a pretty good return. A really good return, in fact, for Claude Giroux. Would you make a move like that if you're the Penguins? (sighs) You asked this question off the air, Paul. I think it's a really good question. You know, the timing of this matters. For me, I'm not doing it until the deadline. Hey, I want to give this team every opportunity to play itself back into the race. You don't go out and get an Eric Carlson if you don't play in on contention. You don't keep the band together if you don't play in on contention. But I'm also realistic with this. Like, Think about it. One of the suitors right now that's reported for Jake Gensel is the Edmonton Oilers. If I'm Gensel, I would love to sign, get traded there, sign there, and then I play the rest of my career potentially, with those guys instead of the tail end of Crosby and Malkin's career. 
So I, I don't think I would sign. I also think the writing's on the wall. They didn't make the playoffs last year. They're kind of within shouting distance now of the playoffs this year, but it's getting more and more unlikely with today. I'd wait until the deadline, but if they could get that package, that's a really good package. Absolutely. And that's the thing, that's the thing you're trying to, to, to make your team better, you know, for the future. And I know they don't want to go through a full rebuild. I get it. What we found out about teams around, you know, teams around here is what? These half-assed kind of rebuild, kind of not. Let's try and fool ourselves into thinking we're contenders. They don't ever work. You and can't not, get the next guy uh, unless uh, you do that. I'm not saying you got to strip it all the way down and become a team that, you know, uh, gets 20 points or whatever. But at the end of the day, the the band, keeping the band together has basically made, made the Penguins the last four or five years just sort of a mediocre team. I do think. That has just enough star power to maybe get to the playoffs. So to me, it's like this. When are you going to commit to trying to put together that next group of Stanley Cup teams? That's what we're asking. Well, and also, if you trade Jake Gensel, you have to be prepared for Sidney Crosby to say, you know what, I'm ready to go too. And sooner than later, he's got one year left on his deal after this one. If you move on from Gensel. Do you think he'll ever do that? I, I don't know. But the writing would then be on the wall. We're going to have to try to rebuild this thing on the fly now without Jake Gensel. Right. And Crosby enjoys playing with Jake. He's been his most prolific line mate that he's ever played with consistently. If I'm Crosby and I don't have that guy, and you can see that you're not right now all that close to contention, I might want to play someplace else. And even if he doesn't want that, if you move on from Gensel, you have to be open to that possibility. Yeah. Uh, and if he and if he wanted out, Paul, I would I would do what he wanted. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think he's earned that. This idea that somehow you've got to you know play uh, in the same place your entire career. By the same token, I think he would want to stay here. I just think I just feel like he would want to finish his career with the Penguins. Um, and the thing he's playing at a high enough level that maybe if you you know the rebuild wouldn't have to take that long because you'd already have a. a one star kind of in place, but you'd be improving the depth everywhere else. I mean, honestly, if you look at where they're at right now, five of their next six games are at home. This is it. This is the last stand, baby. This is it. At the end of those six games, right, they play, uh, or yeah, five of their next six. At the end of those six games, and one of them's against the Islanders, who they're behind, and one of them's against the Flyers, who they're behind, Right. If at the end of those six games, we're still talking about you being seven or eight points behind and all that other stuff. You're done. It's done. Yep. And here's the other thing. And, and I've said this for the last two years. I wouldn't just go with Gensel. I know you've got bad contracts that you can't move all over this team. But I sit Latang and, and Malkin down, too, and see if I, I can work something out with them. Or Listen, if we can work out a deal where we can send you to a playoff legitimate playoff contender would you agree to waive your 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 no trade or whatever would you agree to do that because it's time mm-hmm. right yeah you either go all in with the rebuild or you or you I don't, don't even know you know how it would work with all the contracts and stuff i might talk about carlson see if i can move him too right so my my, my point is if you're gonna move gensel i don't know that it's you're starting over 
But let's face it. It might be that first domino. It's the first domino. Yeah. And at that point, you have to say to yourself, do we really want to go through this, you know, what I call almost pregnant, which is what, you know, the the, the, the Penguins and the Steelers have tried to be almost pregnant for the last couple of years. <laughs> you can't. You're either pregnant or you're not. Well, speaking of that, Paul, coming up next, <laughs> this is the best transition I can come up with. I'm going to say two words, and I want your reaction when we come back. Okay. Sounds good. Valentine's Day. Oh, boy. We'll get Paul's reaction on Valentine's Day, plus some way too early power rankings and where the Steelers fit and some teams that might be too high or too low. That's on the way. Next, fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. High 43, low 30. Nine oh four. It's time to stop blindly paying those increasing auto and home insurance premiums. Contact the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia and see what they can do for you. We've talked about a lot today. You pointed out that there's way too early power rankings. Every website seemingly doing them. We'll, we'll look at ESPNs in a second. Who's too high? Who's too low? Where are the Steelers? Where do the Steelers belong? But before we get to that, I, I seem to remember. You going off on an epic Valentine's Day rant before. Is this true, Paul? It's happened, yes. Valentine's Day and Halloween are the two that I just go off on. You don't like Halloween? Oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait till October. I, I, go, <laughs> I go way off the reservation about Halloween. Why don't you like Valentine's Day? Okay, well, so here's Valentine's Day to me, right? Tomorrow, by the way. We are in a situation where Valentine's Day is a contrived holiday driven by these greeting card companies to force men to buy cards. That's what it is, 100%. And I've said, and maybe this explains a whole lot about my life and my situation, you know, with re- with respect to relationships, but I've always made it very clear, I do not celebrate Valentine's Day. I'm a conscientious objector because I don't believe it's a real holiday. You get the anniversary, you get the birthday, Right? If you got kids, you get the Mother's Day, you get Christmas. What do we need Valentine's Day to tell each other? We, we like each other or whatever. I mean, come on, man. Can't right? you do that the other 364 days? Exactly. Wouldn't you much rather me buy you flowers on March 20th? See, that's where February I am on 14th, Valentine's Day. Right? I think it depends totally on your significant other. If my significant other expects something on Valentine's Day, then we wouldn't have, we would not have made it past. You know, like the first or the second or third date. You're that's, done. That's something that gets out there right on the table. I was going to tell you right now, February's coming up. I will not be participating in Valentine's Have Day. Have you done ever any of these dating sites? You ever gone on like no. Tinder or Bumble or any of those? No, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine that. That's, that seems weird to me. That seems like where you meet serial killers and stuff. I, I wouldn't want to do I that. I think it's weird too. Right? You know what I'm saying? And also that, catfished. Serial killers, you know, no. I've never done the dating site thing. Because I was going to ask, if you had, you you should put it in your bio. Uh, Don't would, do Valentine's Day. It would be Day. in my bio. Valentine's Day is, 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 because again, why do we do it? Because greeting card companies spend lots of money on advertising, <laughs> putting lots of pressure on us. Now, here's the thing. If you want to get engaged, there's nothing more lame than getting engaged on Valentine's Day. There's nothing more lame or cliche. I than think that. any holiday proposal is kind of lame. But you want to spread out the goodness Valentine's anyway. Day. Now, what if you get married on Valentine's Day? What? What if you get if married? You get ma- I mean, if it falls on the day you happen to be one to get married, and you can get to church. 
But if you're doing it because it's Valentine's Day, then it's lame. Okay, that my, that my, that's my that's just my own personal opinion. Again, there are a few holidays that I refuse to participate. That's one. Halloween's the other. The reason is, well, it's different for Halloween. But the reason for this one is simple because it's a contrived holiday. Like like I told you, you I mean you're married, you got kids, right? So you got Mother's Day, you got to buy her stuff, right? Anniversary, got to buy her stuff. Birthday, got to buy her stuff. Chris, I mean, how many more days do you need? <laughs> I So I've lucked out because my wife is big on experience. And so we try to save our money so we can go on trips and That's stuff. That's nice. We make sure we have the conversation. Like yesterday, I asked her 15 times, did you get me anything for Valentine's Day? Right. What we're going to do, it's Ash Wednesday. We're going to get ourselves a fish sandwich and probably wash it down with a pint of Guinness. That's what we're going to do. But you don't want to walk into these traps. The people who say, oh, I don't celebrate yes. Valentine's Day, well, I so say you it. don't do anything, and then you get hit on the backside with, well, you're an unconscientious jerk. Yes, you're, but here's my you thing. You do got it right. you got to have the conversation But free. here's the thing. Yeah, if, if a woman says, well, I don't care. I don't want it. I'm not, that's usually a sign that they do, but here's my thing, right? Buying flowers or chocolates or, you know, whatever, on Valentine's Day, okay? That's the equivalent of buying flowers or chocolates or this that when you know you screwed up <laughs> and you're just trying to kiss up. Yeah, you're trying to put in the... And you're just trying to kiss up. Yeah. It's the same exact thing. To me, I'd rather buy you flowers so that... Because if I buy you flowers just randomly, we're doing well, we're having a good time, and I buy you flowers or I bring home chocolates or I bring you home something, you know, nice from wherever one of these stores that women go to, all right, guess what? I'm now showing you I really appreciate you and I really, you know, I really love I'm you. thinking about you I'm today. I'm thinking about yeah. you today. But to me, if it's on January, uh, February 14th, it's, well, I'm being forced to do this. And if it's on a day, you know, you got into an argument and, you know, she threw your clothes out the window or whatever and, you know, you're, you're, you're on thin ice. Yeah, right. You're, you're Okay, it's lame. You're just trying to kiss up. It's not, that's not, you know, that's not thoughtful. We have people on the phone lines right now. I want to get to you coming up next at <laughs> 412-928-9370. Do you share in Paul's dis- just hate of Valentine's Day or do you go the other way? 412-928-9370. We'll look at the way too early power rankings as well. Plus Mitch Trubisky gone and the Steelers made a pair of other cuts yesterday. What's it mean? What's it mean going forward? That's next too. Right now though, an Austin Bechtold fan headline. Mitch Trubisky gone, Chukes Okorafor gone, Presley Harvin gone. All three cut by the Steelers yesterday, the day after the Super Bowl, the Steelers announced. Pit basketball tonight at number 21, Virginia, 7 o'clock tip. You can hear it right here on 93.7. The fan beginning at 6.30. You can also hear it on your Odyssey app. Duquesne basketball is at number 16, Dayton. Also tomorrow, Penn State hosts Michigan State. Robert Morris is at Youngstown State. Penguins tomorrow host the Florida Panthers at 7.30. Tristan Jari expected in net. Penguins will go to Chicago the day after at 8.30. Headlines are Papa Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Text us, 412-928-9370. Brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And you can tweet us, brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Paul Zeiss, famously anti-Valentine's Day, told us so much in the first segment of the hour. We're going to get into some NFL and Steelers-related talk in a couple of minutes here. But Susie's calling in right now, Paul. Oh, boy. 
All right, oh, Susie, let you, her let him have it. Zeiss, you haven't met the right woman. That's the bottom oh, line. Wait, wait, hold up. Now that, that's not true because, well, okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, if if you met the right woman, you would realize that. Um, for a man, romance is having sex. For a woman, you have to do all the little things outside the bedroom, and then she will cook in the bedroom. It's a whole well, different ballgame. It is, but my point is, you, you, all those things, don't you appreciate it more when they come on a non-holiday? I think that it that you need to surprise somebody. The element of surprise is good, but... Knowing that someone cares about you, it doesn't really have to cost money. You could go and get cutout paper and make hearts and put it all over a car. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be the chocolate, the $100 flowers that are going to die. You know, um, I think that r there's nothing like romance. You guys need to watch <laughs> the movie Don Juan DeMarco. <laughs> now, you're going to say that it's a woman's movie, but... It, it, Marlon Brando's in it. I don't know if anyone did. Yeah, see you're not it. convincing me otherwise that it's a woman's movie, Susie, with well, Marlon Brando, huh? Well, well, Marlon Brando's <laughs> in there. He plays a psychiatrist, and he is, is counseling at Johnny Depp, who thinks he's Don Juan, and it shows how it rekindles the love of his life, who's played by Faye Dunaway, and they show. All these little things, the mariachi band, and it shows you how great. They don't really show the sex, but it's implied, you know, they're in the bedroom. <laughs> Thank you, Susie. We love you. We appreciate your phone call. It's implied. It's implied. Why can't we see it? <laughs> Zeiss, what's, what's the grandest romantic gesture you've been a part of? Because she wants, she wants us getting out the construction paper. The, the thing is, you can do a lot of really nice things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you can do all these kinds of things where it doesn't have to be pushed on you by a holiday. See, this is what I was going to ask her. Isn't it doesn't it make a lot more like it it, it 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 scores a lot more points with you if you do it outside the confines of when you're supposed to or you you have to yeah, or whatever. I buy that argument, the element of surprise. Like like she just said with the whole thing with the hearts on your car. What if she walked out May 18th and he put hearts on her car? You know what my wife would say? What? Can you take those friggin' hearts off my car? I gotta drive to work. Now I'm gonna be late. Yeah. That's what she would say. I'm I'm just saying, you know what I mean? For but me, I think I think Valentine's Day, and you already get out ahead of it with any relationship you get into. I think Valentine's Day is if my wife wanted something, I would make sure I delivered. If not, and she doesn't, then I'm cool with not delivering. I'll find other days to deliver. For me, I'm just putting it on the lady. I'll put it on my partner. Yeah. Because I don't want to get in the doghouse. And you got to keep peace. But I'm at home. just saying, you can you can do all those things. You, you can, can you can romance people without having to be pushed at it. You gonna watch that Marlon Brando movie? No, not, not now that she said that the the the, the there's no sex. It's only implied. We don't get to see it. Why would I want? Why would I want to watch that movie? I mean, again, you're talking to a guy whose first honeymoon, which this again probably explains a lot. His first honeymoon was a trip to Houston to see the Steelers play the Oilers. That was my first honeymoon. I mean, who won? It was uh, the the Steelers won that game, and and I I obviously was wearing all my Oilers gear because I was a big Oilers fan. So my point is, there's a lot you can do to romance and be all that stuff. You don't have to have a holiday to tell you to do that. Here's what I want to do tomorrow, Paul. Oh boy. I don't know if it's at nine o'clock or at nine thirty. What time we should do it? We'll talk to Doran. Hopefully, he's back healthy tomorrow. 
I want people to call in and ask you love advice, relationship <laughs> advice. We can weigh in too, but I, I think that would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That would be incredible. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna try to do that tomorrow because I know thing. it'll deliver. Here's the thing. I'm a hell of a lot better at telling other people what they should do and what they should do. You know, like for instance, I'll give you can I give you a quick, great story. Of course. So we're playing I'm playing golf with my buddy, okay? And I find out that he played the day before and the day before and the day before. And he was one because he's he's like you, he, two little kids at home. His wife was not ecstatic, not not really enthused, <laughs> right? And so he says, well, two little kids at home. She's like, oh, so I'm going to be home all with these kids all day by myself again. And his answer was, well, you know, before we got married, I told you I didn't want to have kids anyway. <laughs> so I, I said, um, I'm probably not the one to give advice maritally and things oh, and such, man. given my uh, struggles in that area. However... I'm going to go way out on a limb and say that was the absolute wrong answer. Maybe the worst possible <laughs> yes, answer. exactly. The next thing I know, the next week his uh, his golf agenda was very much curtailed uh, to down to basically one day a week type thing. Oh, man. All right. So tomorrow, <laughs> I love that. Tomorrow, Paul Zeiss love advice at 412-928-9370. Right now, you brought this up this morning off air. The way too early NFL power rankings on ESPN for 2024. The Ravens are number one. Kansas City number two. San Fran three. Detroit four. Buffalo five. I'm not going to read the whole list, but I'll scroll down. The Steelers at number 18. So who's too high? Who's too low? Are the Steelers in the right spot here, Paul? Well, um, here it is. The way too early. Who's too high? I mean, can we start with the Ravens? If it was how many games are you going to win in the regular season? Sure. Put but, them one. But, but, That's but, fine. But, but read the first sentence. There's 25 unrestricted free agents. Including 15 who totaled 200 snaps yes, this season. Th- exactly. The list includes, you know, a couple of, but then it says, and, oh, by the way, Baltimore won't have a lot of salary cap space because they're one of those teams that's paying their quarterback right. $50 million. So my point is, how are they going to be what they were when they're going to they're going to they're going to lose a lot of guys, you know, and I just I mean, I don't feel like I don't feel like they're going to be able to replace them all. I mean, until somebody beats them, how is the Chiefs not number one? I agree with it. The Chiefs should be number one for as long as Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. I just think you should pencil them in at number one forever. You, I really you, do. I'll tell you another team that I think is a, is a total far, farce. Number six, the Dolphins. There wasn't a more phony team in the league than that than the Dolphins. They're not physical at all. They're, 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 they didn't win outside of Miami. They cratered down the stretch for the second year in a row. I'm with you on that. And they're going to have to pay their quarterback this year, right? Yep. And they're, Dallas is at seven, and I would put them just about in the same exact boat. As Miami. The Dolphins, uh, they're going to have to sign Tua, which means they're going to have to give money. They're $51 million over the cap. So the Steelers, <laughs> the quarterback situation would be their problem, obviously. I think their roster is actually pretty good. Yeah. I don't know if I'd go great, but I, I'd say pretty good. They're 18th on this list, and they're going to have the opportunity to bring everybody back. I mean, all the players they want to have back, they can bring back. And right. they should have salary cap space to work with. They just cleared $12.8 million yesterday. I look at them, though, and I wonder, 
if you took all the NFC teams out, Paul, and you did power rankings for the AFC next year, and you just considered all things being equal, teams are healthy. How far down on the list should the Steelers be in the AFC? They would be somewhere about 10th, 9th or 10th, right? Jets, Jacksonville, the Browns, Houston, Miami, I would still put ahead of the Steelers, Buffalo, Kansas City, Baltimore. I mean, it's I would probably put the the Chargers ahead of them because they've got a real adult at the head coach position. Yeah. I mean, the Titans are probably behind the Steelers and the Patriots. Those are shoe-ins. On this list, Indianapolis is ahead of them at 15th. And they should be, I think, right now. Now we have to see how the offseason plays out. But the other team, you know, the team that, 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 that you mentioned that I think is way too low are the Chargers. I'm not to the point where I think the Chargers are going to be, you know, a Super, a super Bowl team or a contender. But I, I know they have salary cap problems. But they've got, uh, like you said, an adult coaching staff now. And listen, Jim Harbaugh is the weirdest dude on the planet. He's a strange dude, man. He's The things he says and talks about stuff, you're like, okay, this dude here is really weird. Yeah, like you don't eat chicken because it's a scared meat or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing. When you look at him, he's a disciplined, you know, fundamentally sound coach that really – Let's hammer the fundamentals and be good at the simple, right? And all the other stuff will take care of itself. His offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, same exact kind of guy, right? His defensive coordinator, the guy from that he brought from Michigan, same exact kind of guy. When you watch Michigan's defense last year, were you wild by all their schemes? Or did you say they're very disciplined, they get in the right lanes and the right gaps. They play the way they're supposed to play in terms of keeping a ball in front of them at all times, right? And they stop the run. That's why I think the Chargers, when you add that to the fact they've got a big-time quarterback, that's why I think they're going to be better. I don't know that they're going to be great, but I think they're going to be a lot better than people think. Well, we were talking about Super Bowl odds earlier on in the show for next year, and I would take a flyer on the Chargers – 10 times out of 10 before I took a flyer on the Steelers to win the Super Bowl next year because at least they've got a guy. Now you got to get through Mahomes in your own division, but it's not like the Steelers don't have competition there. I don't even know if I mentioned the Bengals. You might, the Steelers might be 14th, 13th in the AFC if, if I were going to give my rankings for next year. And I, unless they made a monumental change I mean, at quarterback, if, if Joe, I don't know how you change Joe that. If Burrow comes back and he's healthy, yeah, absolutely, the Bengals. Forget about it. Mm-hmm. All right, coming up next, Steelers made a trio of cuts yesterday. What did we make of it? We'll talk about it. Fan Morning Show is brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz. Plumbing right now. It's an Austin Bechtold fan headline. Pitchers and catchers report to Bradenton tomorrow for the Pittsburgh Pirates for the 2024 season and spring training with Yasmani Grandal, the newest addition to the Pirates. He was signed to a one-year contract that was announced during the Super Bowl by numerous reports. has not yet been confirmed by the team. The team is also reportedly interested in former Yankees pitcher Domingo Herman, who threw a perfect game last year. Headlines from Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville now open for more. Go to 937thefam.com. This segment brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Reserve your consultation today at awaken180weightloss.com. Steelers cut Presley Harvin the third, Chooks Akora four. And Mitch Trubisky yesterday. I don't think any of those cuts were surprising. They usually don't get on with it quite as quickly as they did. Right. 
day after the Super Bowl. Mark Caboli, our friend, our colleague, he was on with us yesterday from The Athletic, says the Mitch Trubisky signing one of the worst free agent deals in Pittsburgh Steelers history. Man, now that we know what we know about Mason Rudolph, what a disaster that was. Like yeah. They should have just gone into the year with Mason Rudolph as the starting quarterback last season. <laughs> if you didn't want Kenny to be the guy right away, you wanted him to, to sit there and simmer, I guess. Why wouldn't they just have let Mason do that? Right. Like, because think it out even further, Paul. But, I, but but for some reason, there there was a, I don't know, like an attitude is the right, there was an attitude in that building that Mason Rudolph just wasn't good enough. It's well, from almost, the big time decision maker, for it's sure. Almost, yeah, it's almost like they, and, and they sort of signed him like, well, he doesn't have any other options. He's a good emergency quarterback, but we'll never have to use him. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, how can you watch all of those practices and not, you know, and you're watching your quarterbacks just stink the joint up and not say to yourself, you know what, maybe that dude is worth giving him a shot. Right. He, by all accounts, and Mark Caboli said this a million different times, he was the best of the three in that competition in training camp, Mason Rudolph was. Right. But play it out a little bit here, Paul. What if Mitch Trubisky, like even if it succeeded, you almost would have failed. Like, what if Mitch Trubisky had played well enough to not get benched, but not much better than right, that? Right. And you're still sitting around at nine and eight, ten and seven at the end of the year, but Kenny Pickett didn't get in. Like, think about what what would have happened then. Like, he needed to be bad or to get hurt for Kenny Pickett to ever have his shot. No, for, but if Rudolph, he was okay, for to have a shot, no, yeah. for Kenny even. Yes. Like, oh, okay. Two two years saying. ago. Right. Like uh, Mitch's first year with the Steelers. Like. You were banking on him at some point, if you were going to give Kenny a shot, not being good enough or getting hurt. It's just a bizarre thing now to look at in retrospect. I thought you meant at the end of this year. Because what if he was not quite good enough, but not terrible? I mean, the good news for the Steelers is he was terrible, and they put Mason Rudolph, and they had no choice. Mm -hmm. But what if he was just kind of not quite good enough? The more quarterback conversations that we've had over these last couple of days, you know, maybe it's Justin Fields. Maybe it's... Russell Wilson, the kind of pie-in-the-sky options that the Steelers don't usually do stuff like that, or it's just you're reshuffling guys underneath Kenny Pickett. The reality of the situation is they don't have one great option here on how to enter next season at quarterback, right? (laughs) That's depressing, isn't it? Yes, because it's not like you're going to make a trade, a huge trade, and get one of those top three quarterbacks. Like That's not going to happen. I don't know that they have enough to give up even to make that happen. When you think about some of these offers these teams could be fielding, you could take a guy in the middle of the first round where you're drafting, but then what, you're you're redocking with Kenny Pickett and then Kenny Pickett 2.0. They don't have a single great option. The best option on the table for me is the Justin Fields trade. Well, that would give them the opportunity maybe to have a dynamic player at that position. Right. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying he's dynamic. I'm saying... He's got upside, and he, you know, he's got all the things you talk about where you say maybe he can be dynamic, but it's depressing when you sit around and you watch Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, all these guys we talk about who are, you know, incredible talents. I mean, you can say whatever you want to say about Justin Herbert. The guy is a physical freak. If he played 15 years ago, people would be looking at him going, we've never seen anything like this, right? right? If he played in a, with a better team, a better offensive line, and a couple better players even. Uh, actually, if he played with a better coach than you know, he's been saddled with the last few years. 
And all I'm saying is, you look at all these teams that have those dynamic playmakers at that particular position, and then you realize the Steelers are talking about <laughs> going into the season with Kenny Pickett, who we're not sure anything about other than maybe he can be okay, and Ryan Tannehill, whose best year was turning around and handing the ball off to Derrick Henry, if you think about it. Right. Paul, the, if the best option is Justin Fields, who I, I always believed in and who I think can be a pretty good NFL player, but if that's your best option, you are taking a flyer. You are taking a massive risk. He's not all that dissimilar from Kenny Pickett from a what-have-they-accomplished standpoint. You know, We talked to Spielberger earlier. That roster has been awful around him in Chicago right. and the coaching staff. Right. Now, the Steelers have had their coaching issues, but the roster is better, and so Kenny Pickett at least was able to win some games without putting up consistent numbers, but... I'll bet on Fields more than I'll bet on Kenny because he's got the measurables and he's got the athleticism right. and he's got the upside. But whatever way you slice it, you are bringing the proverbial knife to the AFC gunfight. Or, or even let's say you bring in Russell Wilson. Now you've got an old guy whose last team. It it seems like his teammates hated him and his coaching staff. And they certainly coach, didn't get along. His coach, you know, basically said he he's done. I mean. You know, you don't have – that's where the frustration – you don't have many great options. I was super excited for this off this previous offseason for the Steelers because Kenny did just enough at the end of games where you thought, he's got it. And then you saw you saw the preseason. Right, right. And you think, oh, he can – he's not going to look like those other guys, but he can dice you up from the pocket. I was giddy about the, uh, the, the prospects there. And now – you know, this is probably not a great thing for a sports talk radio show host to say whenever I want people to listen to our show through the offseason. You know, I'm I'm always excited about the draft. I'm always excited about free agency. If eight don't figure it out, we're in for the same exact season the third year in a row. Yeah. Like, I think the other thing. Go that, Bucks. The other thing that got you excited was they signed inside linebackers that you're like, okay, those guys are actually guys that can play. They, you know, they brought in a couple of offensive linemen. They they got the linemen in the draft that everybody wanted to tackle. You know, you you're saying to yourself, boy, we really like what they did in the draft. We like their off season. We like all the players that they signed in free agency. This is going to work out pretty well. And then the quarterback throws six touchdowns. Yes, <laughs> he throws six touchdowns, and by the end of week one. You realize as they're getting smoked by San Francisco that maybe, just maybe, they're longer, they're further away than we thought. Mm-hmm. And Kenny didn't even get a chance to have meaningful playing time now without Matt Canada. He got a game and a half, a game and some change. Right. Which, so you can't even have the optimism to jump off there where you had at the end of the last season. That sucks. And I that that was my prevailing thought when watching the Super Bowl was. Holy cow. You either got to have a super team of all super teams with a pretty adequate quarterback in Brock Purdy, or you got to have the guy guy like they do in Buffalo when their roster's deteriorating. But they don't have that. And so scheme's great. Hey, Arthur Smith, maybe he schemes it up great. But how far does that really take you? Well, it it doesn't take you nearly as far as people try and make it out to, you know. Your scheme is good, but is your play calling good? Okay, now your scheme and your play calling are good. Do you have good players? Right. You, you, need- you know, I, I say this. Would you rather have a, an elite play caller, an elite scheme guy, or an elite quarterback? You always go with the quarterback. Always. Always. 
Sean McVay won it whenever he got a uh, uh, Hall of Fame adjacent guy in Matthew Stafford. Right. Andy Reid wouldn't win it until he got Patrick Mahomes. Not to say he wasn't a great coach before that, but the list goes on. And Shanahan, the schemer, right? Everyone wants to pick from the from the Shanahan tree. It doesn't matter because you're you're running the Brock Purdy's of the world through there and the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world through there. It gets you so far, but it can't take you over the top. All right, coming up next. The latest bracketology has come out from Joe Lenardi. Oh, boy. Pitt tonight on the road against Virginia. It's a must-win game. We'll talk about that coming up next. Austin Beck told right now gives you a fan headline. Panthers at the number 21 ranked overall in the AP poll. Virginia Cavaliers at 7 o'clock. You can hear the game right here on 93.7 The Fan. You can also listen to it on your Odyssey app. The Super Bowl is the most watched telecast ever. Over 123 million people tuned into the Super Bowl as the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the San Francisco 49ers in overtime in a rematch of the Super Bowl from four years ago. Tomorrow, Penguins back at home. Tristan Jari expected in net against the Florida Panthers at 7.30. The next day, in a back-to-back, Pens are on the road in Chicago. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 93.7thefan.com. Let's suck. Gabriel and Company Jewelers wants to do right by you. Their passion is to create the perfect engagement ring that you will absolutely love. They want every aspect of your proposal to be perfect, especially her engagement ring. That's why they're the only jewelry store in Pittsburgh to guarantee that your fiancé will love her engagement ring. If her ring isn't exactly what she wants, they create her a brand new engagement ring that earns her perfect ring approval. With locations in Wexford and Ross Park Mall, visit the only jeweler I would trust to create the perfect engagement ring. Noah Gabriel and Company Jewelers, the best in the Berg. Segment on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, Ram, Route 19, Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Pit Hoops, big, 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 big game tonight. As you start paying attention, Paul, to all the things that Pit fans loved last year, like the dun-dun-dun dreaded NCAA net rankings, where Pitt right now sits at 60th. Now, the reason tonight's game is so big, Virginia undefeated at home. Virginia's won a bunch of games in a row. Virginia sits at 32nd right now in the net rankings, meaning if Pitt wins, they get their second quad one victory. So they'll be two and five in their quad one games. I saw last night Texas Tech drubbed Kansas, beat them by 29. So they jumped up 12 spots because of that in the net rankings. Pitt's in a position where you need to get these quality wins, Paul, but you also can't afford to take any more bad losses. I almost feel like they have to run the table here. Because there's only games against teams that would qualify as good wins and games that would qualify as bad losses if you lost. And I haven't seen, I'm looking at Bracketology here, and I've looked at a whole bunch of them. They're not on the first four out. They're not on the next four out. They're not on the next next four out. You got to win the rest of your games, I think. I really do. Well, I think the thing about it is this is a big one for them because you get a quad one win on the road. Yep. It gives them a huge boost. And it's one of those games where losing it doesn't kill you, you know, because it is on the road. It doesn't kill you. But winning it really kind of gives you what you need on your resume. And if you look at the rest of their games, Adam, real quick, look at the rest of their games, okay? Um, Louisville at home is an absolute you must win that game. You cannot lose that game. If you lose that game, it's over. It's over, okay? At Wake Forest, probably a game you need to win. You do. At home against Virginia, you got to win all your home games. Let's just say that you got home uh, Virginia Tech, Florida State, NC State, but but you have one more opportunity really at Clemson to get a really good road win, 
uh, if they're go- if there's going to be a loss that you can survive, it either be tonight or that Clemson game. I think if you win tonight, you get yourself into a more realistic bubble conversation. Right. Right. If you lose, you start looking and squinting, and there's not a ton of great quality wins available. And unfortunately, we've seen it now for a few years. What you do in the ACC tournament, it they don't factor that in. It doesn't mean hardly anything. Right, which I've think, always thought was ridiculous. I think the conference tournaments, I think the committee has made it very clear that the conference tournaments are probably uh, valued less than just about anything else in your resume. Yeah. So, so really, your, your opportunities are tonight and Clemson. You can get a decent road win against Wake Forest. Every other game, you have to win. Yep. Period. And they're playing better basketball. And their young guards are playing really well now. Yes. And we're the catalyst for their last win. I think they're better than they've been at any point this season. If you started their season over and they were as good as they are now, I think they'd be a tournament team. Can they right. Can they get it done? We'll see. The biggest problem they have is that non-conference, they really didn't accomplish a whole lot. They played four more quad four games this year than they did last year. So you got to do more in the conference. And the conference isn't valued. Well, and, and real quick, just, you know, this is this is the only thing that drives me crazy. TCU is considered a lock right now, mm-hmm. okay? Here's, I mean, this is Jamie, and the only reason I, I mean, I looked it up, I was like, okay, let's see how Jamie folded the, the RPI or whatever we call it, net rankings like he always does. This is their non-conference schedule. Are you ready? Okay, they played Southern, Omaha, Rio Grande Valley, I guess this is Mississippi Valley State, Alcorn State. What team is this here? Oh, Holy Cross, Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, they played Georgetown, who stinks. They played Clemson and lost. They played Arizona State, who's not very good. Old Dominion, Nevada and lost. Hawaii, and then they played, what is this, TAMC. What the hell is that? Texas A&M Commonwealth. That's their non-conference schedule. Why, that, th- this is why the, the net rankings make no sense to me. Well, it's because the Big 12 is valued the way it is and the ACC isn't. Whether that's fair or foul, I can't tell you. Right, but 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 here's my thing. What makes the Big 12 valuable or the ACC? It should be what you do in your non-conference. Well, we're also getting to the point, Paul, where I think it's a lot like what the college football playoff committee's done with the SEC, where, oh, the Big 12 is great because you've said it's great, and the SEC is great, and there's a lot of great right, things about I both these the conferences. Right, the rankings were based on numbers. I thought it was based on waiting, you know, and, mm-hmm. and computer. A lot of it's margin of victory, too, which they factor in. And but, it's a huge piece of it. I'm not saying I believe in no, it. No, I'm no, just I, telling I mean, you. again, I, I'm not trying to bag on TCU, but I'm looking yeah. at that. I'm like, that is a far worse non-conference schedule than Pitts. And the only two teams they played were any decent were Nevada and Clemson, and they lost both of those games. Why, why do they get any credit for that non-conference schedule? Big one tonight. Virginia, 7 o'clock right here on The Fan. This was fun, Paul. We'll do it again tomorrow. Hopefully, Doran feeling better. All right. We'll see you. And Starkey's show is going to start really late. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. High of 43, low 30. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.